It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle belling And everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year All right, welcome back to Talking Blue Notes, the episode three. We're in the pocket and here ready to go. Joe. We're doing something a little bit different today. No blues content, no nothing. We're doing our season prediction show today for everyone else except for the Central Division. What's going on? You ready to get into this? What's going on, man? Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Uh, this week, man, it's going to be our first two-episode week. Yeah, so we're going to do uh, our predictions. We're going to talk about uh, the Atlantic, the Pacific, the Metropolitan, but not the central this week. We're saving that, or well, this episode. We're saving that for later this week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think this is going to be good because we get. I mean, as much as we love the Blues, and as much as we want to talk about how good they're going to do, and you know, given our predictions on that, I think everyone should get an idea of what we're thinking for the rest of the league because uh, that's just just how we do. Let's let everyone know how we're going to do. So, how's the last week been? How's everything been going? I've just been working a lot, man. Uh, Six-day work week for me this week, so I haven't really had a ton of free time. Uh, kids had their sports today, so that's always fun. Beautiful weather, man. I wish I could have been golfing, but uh, yeah, man, just been a pretty standard week for me. How about you, man? Same. Just working like a slave. Uh, did a little bit of uh, partying with the family today. We had a little bit of like a like a family reunion slash birthday celebration type thing. So it was really good. A lot of people I haven't seen in years. You know, everyone's right. like, everyone's like, Oh, I haven't seen you since you were like eight years old. And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But it was kind of cool. Like get to see a lot of the family that I haven't seen in a long time. So it was really cool. Um, at one point shotgunned a white claw with uh, one of my cousins mm. that I haven't seen in a while. So that was a bit of a tough scene. But other than that, you know, it was just, uh, your standard weekend did nothing but catch up on sleep. Watched a lot of hockey. Got to watch another Blues game on hey, uh, the Valleys. I mean, we absolutely. I mean, we could save that for next episode, but we absolutely kicked the Blackhawks last night, which was kind of nice to see. You always love to see that preseason or not. That's when preseason matters. When we beat the Six Blackhawks, nothing, baby, beat them. It's a big, big, big win. So yeah, like I said, we're gonna do our uh, our season predictions today, and everyone, please. Just it just acknowledge about how hard we worked. I mean, we've been working all week on these predictions and getting everything together. And I think it's going to be a good little prediction show we're going to have today. Yeah, all week long. Like, uh, so we have the way we do our notes for the pod is we have like a bunch of shared notes uh, on our iPhones, the the notes app. <clears throat> we all, all week long, both of our phones have just been blowing up with little notifications like, oh, Zach edited this note and Joe edited this, this note. And we have like, five six different ones for this podcast alone going on and it's it's uh it's been it's been fun i've i've learned a lot just doing these notes and uh (laughs) yeah we we, we've just been typing away everybody so doing our research hope you guys uh enjoy what we figured out for you yeah twitter fingers have been going off this week i can tell you (laughs) I've, i've spent more time on hockey twitter this week than i have in the last few years um just to kind of get it going before we uh, move into our predictions and notes, we have a few uh, news updates to give everybody that for stuff that's happened this week. couple big contracts signed. Uh, we'll start with Matt Barzell. Mr. Matt Barzell uh, signs an eight-year deal with the New York Islanders. Eight years, 
$9.15 million deal per season. What did you think of the deal whenever you saw it? I know we were both kind of talking about it back and forth whenever it happened. I mean, he's the star player for uh, the Isles. Uh, he's he's the big boy. Uh, he can also play uh, golf, too, as, as I've seen on the interwebs. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that that's their star guy. Like, I think it's deserving. They, they had... Uh, I, I think, you know, you wonder if he could have got even a little more if they didn't just have the god-awful season that they had with such high expectations. I mean, freaking Brian Whitney had him winning the Cup this year. Uh, I You know, I, I definitely had them in the tops of my playoff spots at the predictions of the beginning of last season. But, um, yeah, I mean, well-deserved, man. I, I, I just wonder if he could have got a little more if they would have played a little better this year. Yeah, and... The thing is, is uh, the New York Islanders, they play under that Barry Trot system, and it starts with Lou Lamorello, the GM. Uh, you know, he kind of preaches that that left side lock, that, you know, the weak side lock with the puck and everything like that. And you'd think if he plays in a different system, this guy probably scores a lot more points. Because let's go through his points here really quick. So came into the league in 16-17. Now he played two games in 16, so he won't even say that. But starting in 2017... Now, this is kind of impressive. He's played now starting in 16, 17 or 17, 18, 82 games played, 82 games played the next year, 68, 55 and 33. So, you know, he basically has played a full season almost every single year he's been in the league. So that's nice. But the point totals were really high. His first full season, he had 85 points in 82 games, basically his rookie year, his full rookie year. And, um, 62 after that, then 60, then 45, and 59. So I don't know where we sit on this because I, I feel like he got a little bit too much for his production, if you ask me. But I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, it was just it's such a weird year for them because you know they were they had such high hopes. But uh, yeah, I, I I honestly I'm looking at his points right now and. Uh, that 17-18 season with the 85 points, I didn't realize that was like his high. I would have, I would have thought 45 points last year. With, I mean, 55 games played, but still, I would have thought that would have been a little more two, yeah. two years ago. Sorry. Yeah, and you gotta, you gotta recognize like this is the thing I was talking about with. So with Barry Trotz came in in 2018, the year after he won the Cup with the Caps, and that's when the the whole defensive structure thing came about. And they started playing a different system, and his points have gone down. But the thing is, is he's such a like when he's out there, you know he's out there. Like the guy makes plays, and it's I don't know. I I I really can't tell you how I feel right now. I think we're going to tell in about a year or two. We'll be able to see if this is a deal. And again, this goes back to the whole cap thing we talked about last week. Um, You know, come three or four years, this might be a steal for a first line center like he is. So. I mean, we'll see. I'm not too sure. I I think it's a little bit too rich, but it's I don't know. I mean, the guy could end up going. I mean, the guy is definitely capable of scoring 85 points a year. He's a point per game guy, a point per game guy every year. It just depends on the kind of system that they decide that they want to play in every year. So that's a big thing. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Congrats to Matt Barzell for his 9.15 sheet deal that he's getting. The next one was a. Uh, Jason Robertson, who we kind of talked about on the last pod, um, signs for we've all been waiting for. He signed a four-year deal, man, a, a, a bridge deal, 
and gets 7.75 sheets per year. So, not, I mean, honestly, not a bad deal for him. I think the stars are kind of getting getting away with something, but you kind of had some notes on here um, kind of about how the how the contract works out for him long-term with the whole uh, RFA and all that. Yeah, so, you know, it, he signed through 25-26. Uh, that is, like, that was the max to keep him as an RFA if they would have went. I'm sure Robertson would have liked longer, but any longer than that, the Stars would not have been able to keep him as an RFA. Um, so, yeah, like, last year he had uh, 41 goals, 38 assists for 79 points, and uh, 74 games played. So, yeah, he's definitely a point-per-game guy in his first like real fool NHL season not yep. COVID stopped or anything like that uh yeah so 125 points in his first 128 games like that's, that's pretty good that's pretty good like for a young guy to come into this league and just tear it up like that um you know but it's like what he signed is it too much for how short of experience he has in the NHL like it's not a ton of games but We'll see, you know, how this is going to play out. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking is, and not only that, like not only his lack of experience, but the other thing is, is that I think Dallas is kind of getting away with something because, again, like they still keep his RFA years. uh, You know, they they, they basically get to keep him under RFA after his deal. That's correct, right? Like he's still under RFA. I'm sure like that was the big like, standoff because I, I bet Robertson would have liked to get the eight years, but uh yeah. you know the stars wanted to keep those RFA rights. And that that was probably a big part of like the whole standoff of why it took so long. Um yeah the the contract's pretty comparable to like the Robert Thomas and uh Jordan Cairo contracts that you know we just signed here, but you know those guys have quite a bit more experience and they're definitely point per game guys. So yeah and that's kind of where I wanted to go with that one is it's not only the risk of like him, like, so Dallas wants to be able to keep his arbitration rights so they can dictate his next move. But with Robertson not getting an eight year deal, I kind of feel like it, it might end up screwing him in the end because the, the thing is, is like, what if his production drops off and then he has no negotiating power? You know what I mean? Like it kind of sucks for him. And and I think that's where Dallas wants to be at is because they're like, well, we don't want to take a long term risk on a guy who hasn't even played more than one really full quote unquote season. And um, you know, it's smart for them, but I, I think on this podcast we're pro player. We want them to go get the money that they deserve. And I mean seven point seven five, I mean we're not gonna and no state tax, by the way, in Texas. No state tax. So uh I, I don't know. I think I think it's good for him, but in the in the same in the same breath, like it's not, it's not ideal because his next contract, he's going to be able to, he's, he's not going to be able to dictate his next move. It's kind of up to where Dallas wants to move him. But what's nice is the, the offer sheet is still going to be there. So, you know, if he is, let's say he puts up 80 points a year for the next four seasons and Dallas can't afford him. Well, then someone else can come in and say like, Oh, we'll take him," and they'll do the whole offer sheet process. So, or even on the other end of that, like if he doesn't produce, like you were saying, uh, you know that that also prevents the stars from really lowballing him. So I, I think, like, uh, you know, if they were gonna 
offer him a lot less than you know somebody could just offer sheet him for more and sayonara yeah we'll we'll kind of we'll see where that ends up i think jason robertson is more than a more than capable player i think he's part of that core that's going to end up staying there so i think really this ends up just being a long-term deal after after it's done you know fingers crossed if he stays healthy the entire contract and performs the way he did but i think that's going to be you know look down the line i mean just looking at the comparable contracts you brought up Kyra and thomas i mean with 8.1 and he's done honestly i will be honest he's done more than they have i mean they neither of them have been point per game guys yeah, and and he does not play on as good of a team as St. Louis does. So I mean, that's that's kind of comparable. But then the Stutzla deal is also another one. Like Tim Stutzla has not done anything yet. I mean, even close to that, and got an eight million dollar year contract for eight years. Now, obviously, the term was probably a thing. I'm sure that the the number that Robertson was looking at was like in the nine to ten million dollar range. You know, if you're looking at Stutzla and Cairo and Thomas. You know, you're probably looking at, yeah, I want eight years at $10 million, somewhere around there. And Dallas just couldn't probably do it, you know, with the big or the Sagan, the Ben contracts, and then having Rupe Hints being on, uh, you know, being on the on the horizon. And then um, also you got uh, Miro Haskinen, who makes a decent amount of cash, too. So I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm sure Jason Robertson's going to end up making them hurt at the end of that contract i'm sure he's gonna he's gonna get what he deserves by the end of the by the by the end of it yeah the, the robocop uh we'll we'll see how he turns out man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so then our next one was uh mckenzie Weger gets locked up for eight years with calgary uh eight-year deal worth 50 sheets basically a 6.25 aav um a guy that I, I mean, it, it came over in the trade for Gaudreau, obviously, with the Kachuk, or, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, the Gaudreau trade, or, no, what am I talking about? Kachuk trade. With, the Kachuk uh, trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I was thinking Kachuk. Uh, the, yeah, or with the Gaudreau trade, it was the Kachuk trade, and, um, you know, they get Human Huberto locked up, obviously, long term now, yeah, I am just, I'm just not firing right now, and uh, so... You know, you get a right-handed defenseman who can play both sides of the ice, uh, can play power play, you know, decent little defenseman that they can put on their back end and they get them locked up long-term. So I don't think it's that bad of a deal for Calgary. Yeah, I mean, uh, he Mackenzie Weger, he's, he's a name that, to me, he gets buried, you know, behind the Barkovs and the the Huberdos and, you know, some of the other big names that were down in Florida last year. Uh, so I don't know like a ton about him, but um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a power play guy, you know, and uh, to come along in the trade with Huberdo, like to get two guys and then to sign them for 6.25 for the year for, you know, eight years, that's, that's huge for the flames. So, uh, you know, getting getting both of those guys to sign long term, that's got to be the biggest like plus of the payout for Kachuk. You know, losing Kachuk. Yeah, that's got to be huge. And the the only one thing I had with this is like, I I mean, I'm glad they both got locked up. But the question I had was, is Calgary kind of doing this as like a like, hey, look at us trade? Because like, look, they couldn't keep Kadrow, they couldn't keep Kachuk. Obviously, he wanted out, and then they end up locking these two guys up to long-term deals. I think they overpaid for one of them. I don't think Uyghur was the one they overpaid for. 
um, you know, they pay Huberto ten and a half at eight, you know, eight years, and then Weger gets eight by six point two five. Not too bad. I think Calgary might be kind of doing this to be like, hey, look, we can lock guys up, like, because to be honest, a lot of people don't want to play. Like a lot of people don't want to play there because of the weather and all this other stuff, and you know, the climate and all that. And I think they're doing this to be like, hey, look, people do want to get locked up long term here. And I don't know if that's true or like if it's just because they threw a bag at the players and got them out. Yeah, like so Calgary, I don't know a whole lot about the city and everything. Um, yeah, they, the climate's got to suck up there. Um, but like, you know, it's one of those cities. I know they got the stampede in the summertime, which, you know, a lot of NHL players are crazy about that. But like. Besides that, like, what does Calgary really have? You know, it's one of those cities like St. Louis, for instance. Like, I know that there's players that are hesitant to sign here because there's not really a whole lot going on in St. Louis. Now, granted, that's also a positive for other players. You know, we have, you know, a lot of players love raising a family here. But, um, you know, it's like, are are some of the players afraid of signing there long term because they don't want to be stuck in a boring town? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I if if I were them, <laughs> I'd want to be stuck in a in a in a market where I don't have that much media coverage. Which it seems like Calgary, it's like any other Canadian media market, like we talked about last week. You're you got a micro you got a microphone at you, no matter where you're at. Everyone knows what you're up to. Um, but I think that is good. It's a good look for them to know that they can lock up two guys long term like this, and to be able to get them to commit to their long-term plan. So maybe this is just a good, maybe it's just the beginning and they can get more guys to lock in like that later on down the line, you know? So I, I, I'm not sure. I think it's a good deal for both sides, especially the Uyghur deal. Now the Huberto deal, we'll see, but I think this Uyghur deal is really good. I think if you can get a, a hard shot, you know, power play oriented, decent two-way right shot defenseman who can play both sides of the ice, it's a pretty good deal to get him at six two five. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, next week... Okay, I want to talk to you about something else. I've been hearing some rumors and, you know, no, nothing super reliable or anything, but uh, possibly a little uh, return to the NHL for a former former NHL vet, but in the coaching realm again. Uh, Patrick Roy... Patrick Waugh is thinking about returning to the NHL as a coach again. Uh I read like some article about it, you know, he's since he, you know, had his major meltdown in Colorado and, uh, you know, was pushing freaking uh, <laughs> pushing pushing the, the glass, glass down. over into the opposing bench. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I heard that he's been uh, the head coach and the GM of the Quebec Ramparts. Uh, he was doing that before he was up in Colorado as a head coach, and he's been back to doing that again. Um in April of last year, he signed with this sports agency company, PBI. Uh, I don't really know anything about them, but uh, since then, he's had a bunch of meetings with uh, Canadians owner Jeff Molson. And uh, but, you know, they eventually decided to go with uh, Marty St. Louis. But I guess like, yeah, they were having meetings, you know, possibly to have Patrick Waugh be the coach there. Um, I love it. Yeah, I mean, that'd be crazy. His contract with the Ramparts is up after this coming season, 2022-2023. Um, and, you know, as 
up there in the ramparts, he's been grooming former NHLer Simone Gagne to take his place. So obviously he's moving on from that. The question is just where is he going? Like, does he does he really think he can coach an NHL team? I guess he's had some practice the past few years. Uh, I know he wasn't quite cut out for it back when he was coach of the Avs. So maybe he's put his time in and he could do it now. Yeah, the only thing I had with this is that Marty St. Louis just signed a three-year deal. So um, maybe they bring him on as like an assistant. Like, well, I'm not at, necessarily at saying point. it's gonna be it's gonna be with the uh, with, with the Canadians, but like I, well, I maybe think he goes down to the AHL and like starts with the Laval and then like moves well, yeah. his way up. It, it it could be you know Laval and or or it could be any other NHL team. You know, I I, I think that was just the start of like you know everything going on. Yeah, and I but the thing is is with Patrick Waugh. I can't see him being a coach for any other team besides the Montreal Canadiens or being involved with any other organization. Maybe Colorado, but even with then, I mean, it didn't work. Like well, it just going to happen work. right now. That's the, the guy. Sure. The guy fucking walked out. I mean, he walked yeah. out like mid. Like I think it was like three weeks before training camp. The guy just walked out and he was like, "I'm done. I'm not doing this." Yeah. And they, granted, they were terrible at the time. I think at the last season he was there, they had finished dead last in the league. So maybe that had something to do with it, but I just can't see him doing anything outside of working for Montreal. It just doesn't seem right to me, but I like the idea. I mean, I, I I think he could shake up any franchise that really needs to be shaken up. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I I just thought it was pretty interesting. Like, yeah, he, he wasn't the best coach, you know, for the abs, but you know, maybe maybe some desperate team, you know, coaches are at a premium right now and uh, maybe some desperate team that is just looking to shake things up. And there's not really a whole lot of names that are floating around out there to coach an NHL team. You know, maybe they'll take a chance on them. I wonder if he would end up at Arizona State. Or sorry, I, I didn't mean to say that. Arizona. <laughs> I think yeah. he, would, he would end up with Arizona. Like, uh, I mean, Arizona is just an absolute dumpster fire wrapped in kerosene and being thrown down a hill in a dumpster like it's just an absolute it's every kind of fire you could think of rolled into one so i mean maybe that could be the shakeup they need if he wants to get back in i see no reason why he wouldn't make his way back in and uh i mean you you have in your notes here that he's been grooming former nhl or simone gagne to take his place with the ramparts anyway so yeah. i mean and simone gagne is a legend like he's a legend so i I don't know. I, I could see Patrick Wall taking over just about any other team that really needs a shakeup. This is like, to me, it's comparable to John Tortorella. Like, if you really needed a shakeup, this could, this would be the guy. Because it sounds like the guy that will bag skate you after losing 5 nothing, or, you know, you know, tell your players, like, get into a fuck you match with all your players and be like, yeah, just win. Yeah. Create a fight on, in, in preseason against between your own team. Yeah, just just because, just to see how they react, just some right. Mike Keenan, some Mike Keenan type shit. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see with that. I mean, hopefully, I I wouldn't mind to see his way back in. He wasn't a bad coach. You had a bad team whenever he was here. I I, I don't yeah, blame. I don't. The absolute trash back then. Don't blame him for walking out. Uh, another real quick note. We don't really have to talk about it too much, but Ocpozo, Kyle Ocpozo, named the captain of the Buffalo Sabers. Um, kind of nice. I mean, a guy that's stuck stuck with that organization since he's been there 
and uh, you know, kind of getting his, you know, getting his respect that he deserves. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I, I know you. You. We talked about him. Uh, maybe that was in our tester episode, but um, it was either in that one or like our our very first episode. You talked about how you were like a pretty big fan of him, and um, you know, he's he's like a real like straightforward guy, and you know the leadership capabilities seem there. So why the hell not, man? The the only other I was kind of wondering if uh maybe uh I don't even know how to pronounce his name right but like Zim, Zimgus Gergensen or whatever yeah he's uh, been there for a minute he's been there for right, a minute he's been there forever so like I was kind of thinking that if they were gonna name somebody captain sooner or later it might have been him but they went with Akpozo funny story about Zimgus Gergensen so that you bring that up just a real quick aside there's a guy that I know named TJ Moore that played for a team in the uh, USHL called the Dubuque Fighting Saints. And uh, Zemgis Gergensen's played on the same team as him whenever they won their championship. Won a Kelly Cup. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Kind of cool to know that, you know, someone that grew up in this area, you know, got to play with a guy like that. I know a guy that knows a guy. A little name drop action there. there I know a guy. I know a guy who knows his cousin, his uncle's baby mama, like all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the news and notes going on today. So we're just going to, we're going to roll right into these, right into these, these predictions. So like we said, Joe kind of said it right off the bat. We're going to do the Pacific, the Metropolitan and the Atlantic divisions today, followed by, uh, later on this week, we will have a full comprehensive breakdown of the central division, which will include a full in-depth breakdown of the St. Louis blues. Cause I mean, it's such bullshit that every other team starts tuesday and i mean hell san jose and nashville they've already played two games nashville's two and oh like they've already played two games and they played over in europe and over in chechia over in chechia and it was kind of cool seeing thomas hurdle get a goal in his hometown right in front of yaro yager dropping the the (laughs) ceremonial first puck drop Hey, if 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 anybody needs Yamir Yager to make a comeback and try to help their team, San Jose needs it, and you're oh, going to find that out today. We'll go in into a bad that. way, in a bad way, a real bad way. So let's get this started with our predictions. I think do we want to start? We'll start in the East. We'll start in the East, and um, let's start yeah, we'll, off- we'll make our way closer to home. We'll start over. You want to start in the Atlantic? Yeah, yeah, we'll start with the Atlantic. And like we kind of have this broken down just so everyone kind of gets an idea of where we're going to go with this. So we're going to have each division, you know, kind of where they finished, um, some key subtractions for their team, some key additions, some guys they picked up, um, you know, who led their team in goals and points, and then kind of give a breakdown on where they're going to be. And then at the end of each division, we will give our predictions um, in order where we think each team is going to finish, who makes the playoffs and all that. So just so everybody's understanding, understanding of the format. So let's start with the Atlantic. Um, last year, the playoff teams we have in the Atlantic were the Panthers, the Maple Leafs, the Lightning, and the Bruins. Take it away, Joe. We'll start with the Panthers. Yeah, so let's start with the Panthers. Um, they had 122 points last year. That was uh, for first in the conference and, and the, the presidents and the the entire NHL, they got the president's trophy. Uh, their season was ended in the second round, though, by the Lightning. They were swept, zero wins against them. It it looked like at that time that the Lightning were just going to roll, steamroll ahead, 
you know, because the Pan- Panthers had, were big favorites, you know, coming out of the East, them and the Lightning, you know, so having them uh, swept by them, you know, that, that, that just seemed like the Lightning were going to go on a, another big roll again. Uh, you know, Bill Zito's their GM there, and uh, Paul Maurice, he's going to take over as the new coach his first year. I fucking love Paul Maurice. I just want to throw this out there. The guy is an absolute wizard with the media. He's a funny-ass guy. Um, former coach of Winnipeg. If anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, just go look at Paul Maurice clips on the internet. He's great with the media. He's awesome. And I think he's going to be perfect for Florida. He's going to be living in South Beach, getting a good tan. You know, He's going to have a, a, a tan line where his glasses sit. <laughs> and he's going to be enjoying life down there. It's a pretty good team he's got. Yeah, so uh, we'll 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 lead off. You know, we'll talk about the leaders in scoring for each team just a little bit. You know, we'll throw the numbers out there. Barkov led the team in goals with thirty nine. Uh, Sam Reinhart had thirty three, and Anthony Duclair had thirty one. Uh, as far as points goes, Hubie Doobie Doo Johnson Huberto uh, had one hundred and fifteen last year, but he is no longer with the team. He gone. Uh, so now they're current point leader from last year is uh barkov and he had 88 and then uh sam reinhardt at 82 uh and then it looks like they're gonna stick with uh babo bobrovsky and uh spencer knight as their goalies this year now i want to talk about them just a little bit like they're yeah. they're a team they're they're a duo that you know reminds me of like halak and elliot back in like 2011-12 back in those days uh they should be in contention for the Jennings Trophy every year, uh, Bobrovsky, you know he's he's a fantastic goalie. He's a Vezina winner, uh, and then you know Spencer Knight was the talk of the town last year, or was it last year? Or the year early, before, when early on, he definitely was last year. Yeah, and and everybody thought he was going to be you know possibly taking over Bob's spot whenever he was struggling. Um, but yeah, both of them did kind of struggle a little bit last year and definitely the year before uh but we'll we'll see how it's gonna go this year yeah and as far as the notable subtractions and additions start with the additions uh they obviously add matthew kachuk with the trade for huberdo and Uyghur. they leave but they get matthew kachuk um i did not know this until i looked it up they have eric stall on a pto right now well yeah and okay so he's the first name we're really mentioning in these ptos uh What's with all these big names that like just I guess they disappeared pretty quickly, but you know they're all on PTOs this year. Like I, and, and guys and, that are like these are these are guys who are players. These are dudes. Good, these are good guys. Player. The league the league is must drastically be changing in age, dude. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I, I say this all the time. I don't know if I've said it on the pod before, but. Your prime, I think nowadays, like remember back in the day, like the prime, like your prime was considered like 27 to 32, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. That is absolutely out the window. Your prime now is 21 to 25. And after that, you're pretty much <laughs> expendable. Like, and that, that sucks. I mean, it sucks. But the fact that I, I saw Eric Stahl's name there, I was like, how the fuck did he get on here? And he's on a PTO. And then they also have the other one of the other Stahl brothers is Mark Stahl. They brought him in from Detroit and free agency as well. So I, I the thing I have with the Panthers is this. They're in a weird spot. They lost and say what you want that they brought in Kachuk. They lost two big key pieces. Those are huge. 
with Huberto and Uyghur leaving, those are giant losses. And I don't know if they're going to be able to get over it. We'll see. They also lost Ben Chirot. Ben Chirot did not re-sign with them. He goes to Detroit. And um, and they uh, not to mention, they lost not only Uyghur and Huberto. They lost Claude Giroux, who goes to Ottawa, who we'll be talking about. And then, uh, I don't know, man. It The Tuchuk deal, to me, seems like a good idea on paper. But I don't know how this pays off long term when you're getting rid of a 115 point guy, an Art Ross winner, or uh, sorry, not an Art Ross winner, but their leading point scorer. For uh, I don't know, I just don't know how that's going to work out. We're going to see, and again, you kind of already touched on it. Bobrovsky and Knight, they need to win the Jennings Trophy. Otherwise, that's a that's an absolute wash, especially when you're paying 14 and a half million dollars a year to two. Guys. That's wow. just rich it's just absolutely rich so i I don't know where they the the thing is paul maurice has to get this team together and and it is a new look team as much as you want to think it's not i mean yeah they're bringing back duclair they're bringing back barkov who barkov is to me the best two-way forward in the game by far there's not even any like i mean bergeron's up there but with the age difference thing i think barkov is it I'm not exactly sure where they're going to finish. We'll get into that, but this is a team that definitely is in a is in a really weird spot, but still has a really stacked roster. That we'll have to see how they how they perform out out, out the gate. I don't think they're going to have any troubles, you know, getting as a playoff spot. They're they're going to make the playoffs again this year. That's there's no question of that. It's just how far in the playoffs are they going to go? Can can they afford you know losing to Tampa again? Who who we know Tampa's good, and, and we'll talk about them next, but we know Tampa's good uh, in the playoffs, but are, are, are they getting any better in the regular season, or are they getting worse? I, I could tell you what, they're not scoring 120. They're not getting 122 points. Like, they're not, and Florida fans, I'm sorry, they're not going to be that good again because they just don't have the same guys. It's not going to happen. And I agree Matthew with Kuchuk, you. Matthew Kachuk, though. It, yeah. Is, is Matthew Kachuk a 100-point guy? I mean, he scored 90-something last year, but I don't know if he can carry the team. I think they're a playoff team. We'll get into that, but let's talk about Tampa next. All right, man. So uh, Tampa last year, uh, we mentioned that they swept uh, Florida in the second round. Uh, they made it all the way to the finals. Uh, let's start with the regular season, though. They had 110 points in the regular season. That was best for third in their division. Um, but, yeah, they, in the playoffs, they made it all the way to the finals. Uh, they played the Avs. You know, even though they won two games against the Avs, it really didn't seem like they were that good of a competition against them. The Avs just wiped the floor with them. Uh, and I, I and a lot of people were saying this. That, am I getting this right? Okay, did the Avs won it at home, didn't they, last year? Yes. Yeah, so and weren't people talking in game five that they lost on purpose just to bring it back home and win it at home in game six? <laughs> like, I realistically you don't think any team would ever do that but they were just wiping the floor with this team in in that series yeah i would argue that i mean not to get off on a tangent but really quick i think colorado's toughest ta- task that they had was playing us yeah 100 percent. and everybody said that like we we yeah. won or we also lost four to two to the abs but our if if it weren't for bennington getting taken out and you know we're not going to go on and on about this but yeah we we were a tough competition against the abs um so their GM, uh, Julian Breezeboy, and head coach John Cooper. John Cooper's been doing a terrific job down there. You know, Ooh. winning two cups. 
making finals three years in a row. Uh, Stamkos led the team with goals last year, 42. Then uh, Braden Point and Kucherov uh, with 28 and 25. Uh, as far as points go, Stamkos also was, dude, and what a resurgence for him these past couple years. Because like he had a couple years where he was kind of, I wouldn't say dying off, but he was he was hiding in the shadows a little bit. But uh, yeah, to go back and uh, was this his first 100 point season, 106 points last year? I think he might have had one other 100-point season was the year he scored 60. Let's not forget that Steven yeah, Stamkos was, scored uh, 60 yeah, goals yeah. once. But, yeah, I mean, still, uh, to do that when, what is he, 31 years old to, to come back? I and always hurt. forget how young he is, too, dude. I know. It seems like he's been around forever. But, yeah, 106 he, points is not bad. Yeah, so they're going to have Stammer, you know, leading the way in points probably again. It, it, you know, Kucherov only had 69 points last year. He, he was their third nice. best points guy but yeah 69 nice <laughs> but you, you almost would expect like a little more out of him I, at least i i would um and then victor hedman defenseman putting up the points 85 there uh, the guy's a horse man like i mean that guy is i don't you could say whatever you want about mccarr and yossi and all these guys hedman's the best two-way defenseman in hockey right now there is no doubt about it and and McCarr is skill on top of skill on top of skill. He's a skill sandwich, but is <laughs> is <laughs> but but Hedman, he's a guy that you know you can rely on. Now McCarr's gonna go out there and take risks. He's gonna make the play, he's gonna move the puck around. But Hedman's a guy that like no matter what the situation, you you can throw him out there, always rely on him. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, so they're going to stick with their uh, goaltenders again this year. Andre Vasilevsky, the former Vezina winner, and uh, Brian Elliott. Um, they picked up Philippe Myers in the trade for... Uh, who did they trade him for? Ryan McDonough. Yes, McDonough. McDonough, they lost him this year. Uh, Ian Cole came along, and then uh, Vlad Nemestikov. Former he, so new additions. He was with the Lightning before. So they had a uh, they had Nemestikov for about three or four years, and then let him go, and now he's back. So now he's and back. he's been lighting it up in the preseason. So we'll see how that goes. What, was he with them when they won that first cup three years no. ago? No, oh, so he was already gone. Okay, yeah, he had already left. Okay, um, so then yeah, we said uh, Ryan McDonough's gone in that trade for uh, Philippe Myers. Then they added uh, or they lost uh, Jan Ruda and Andre Palat to free agency. Uh, well, at least Andre Pilat went free agency to New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so we we talked about them a little bit. Uh, three years in a row going to the Stanley Cup Finals, you know, winning two of them, and then last year just getting wiped the floor. Like I said, in the second round, I remember that series, and it, it, they looked like they were going to be right on route to win their third Stanley Cup. But then, uh, you know, then they fell apart in that Finals. Um they also weren't as good in the regular season last year. They still scored 110 points, but they they to me they weren't as good and I think they're just like their main guys are getting older and older. What do you think this team needs to do this year? It's it has nothing to do with the regular season, I can tell you that. Like they their goal they have the best goalie in the world right now. They have arguably I mean, you lose McDonough and you lose a few other guys, but I still think Sergachev, Hedman, Chernak, those guys are good. They're good on the back end. Their top six are just stupid. It makes no sense. 
So, to me, it's it's just how far can they? How far? Or not even how far? How hungry are there? Are they once they get to the playoffs? Because you know they've had three three Stanley Cup final appearances in a row. Do they want to get back to another one? I think that's all it comes down to is how hungry they are. You know, come April, May, and June. I really think they have no issue getting to the playoffs. I don't know. I'm not going to say where I think they end up, but I think that they're they're an easy playoff team, easy shoe in. If they want to win another Stanley Cup, it's it's on the table for them. They have no problem. Yeah. All right, man. You you got anything else you want to say about them, or should we move on? No. And besides the, the one key that I think they have to do is to stay healthy. That's it. Like they have to stay healthy and maybe that ter- if they could stay healthy and get a decent amount of points and get the right matchups and not run into a Colorado or, you know, some other team that's a little bit hungrier than they are. I think they can get a third cup in four years. I think that's completely feasible. This team's window is not closing anytime soon. So playoff team, but we'll tell We'll see where they come up. And that's that, man. And that All right. That. So, <laughs> and that is that. So let's uh let's move on to the Senators. Um, yes, they fin- please. They finished seventh in the division last year with seventy three points, uh, missing the playoffs. And I think it's going to be a little bit different this year, man. They <laughs> they're a changed team. This is a team on the ups. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, well, okay, let's start off uh, reminding everybody that their GM is Pierre Dorian. And uh, the head coach is uh, DJ Smith. Um, their goal leaders last year were Norris with 35, Brady Kachuk, the other Kachuk brother, with 30, and uh, Timmy Stutz, Timmy Stutzla uh, with 22. What a star that guy's turning into. Um, 100%. Points leaders, you got the same three guys, uh, just in a little bit different of an order. Kachuk, Brady had 67 points, uh, Norris had 58, and Stutzla had 55. Um their goaltenders, they're going to be going with uh, Cam Talbot this year, but he's hes out for five to seven weeks with an upper body injury. I think that that's like a week or two into that injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, and uh, Anton Forsberg is going to be taking the reins until he can get back healthy. Uh, you got anything to say about them? This is Cam Talbot's uh, like third year with the Senators, I think. No, first year. He was with Minnesota last year. So. Um... Oh, okay. Yeah, and I I don't really have much to say about the goalies besides the fact that Forsberg needs to be good. He has to be good. Like there is no option. And the I'll kind of get into it in a little bit. Let's go through all the other stuff and then I'll kind of say what you know how we kind of feel about Ottawa. All right. So yeah, they they had some additions this year, quite a few of them. Uh Alex DeBrinkett, big name, man, coming from Chicago. Uh, that was one of the names that, you know, those Chicago guys, man, they were really upset about getting rid pissed. of. Oh, my God. Just getting rid of absolutely everybody. Uh, Claude Giroux, I believe he came over in free agency. Uh, good pickup by them. Leadership, which is something that they're really going to need this year. Uh, Travis Hamanek came over. Tyler Mott. And, uh, yeah, Cam Talbot came over. I'm most excited about Tyler Mott playing for him. And I've been watching their preseason games. Tyler Mott. if People don't, especially Blues fans, should remember in that 2020 bubble when we played against Vancouver, Tyler Mott was an issue. That guy can kill penalties. He can skate. He can play. You know, he's probably you know a third, fourth line guy. 
But that's what Ottawa needs. Ottawa has the top nine or the top six guys to get through. You know, we have the Norrises, the Stutzlas, the uh, Brady Kachucks, the Alex Formantons, the uh, Drake Batherson, who also went pretty, you know, under the radar until he broke, until I think he broke his ankle, had some kind of ankle injury. He was doing great. But uh, I'm really excited for Tyler Mott to be playing on this team. I think that's a huge piece. That's going to be an underrated piece for him. All right, and then uh, yeah, that we they lost uh, Connor Brown to free agency. He uh, ended up going to Washington, and then uh, Matt Murray. Yeah, he he was their goalie last year. He he was dealt in free agency to Toronto. Um, yeah, so I I do remember Forsberg playing a lot when Matt Murray was you know that guy's just super injury prone. Um, and then uh, yeah, we'll see how Talbot does taking his place. Yeah, and I have I have quite a few notes on Ottawa because I have some predictions that I have coming at the end of this division. But here's what I think Ottawa needs to do is they need to be competitive right off like right out right out of the gate. And I think we talked about this last week on our podcast when we talked about the Talbot injury. I think maybe going through some adversity like this is going to be good for them because if they battle through that and they somehow stay competitive and stay in those top three to four, that three to four position in the Atlantic, I think they'll be fine. You know, going into January, going into the all-star break, I think they'll be fine. Um, It it is going to be huge. Like, don't get me wrong. Losing Talbot is going to be a problem, but it doesn't have to be if Forsberg steps up and play. The next thing I have is you just, Alex Dabrinkit is a, he's a 40 goal scorer. This guy can score from anywhere. Fires the pill, you know, kind of reminds me of Phil Kessel. You know, he could kind of just come down the wing, shoot from anywhere, and can score goals from wherever the hell he wants. And you have to feed this guy. Like, that is the number one priority is get this guy on the power play, get this guy some chemistry, find him two line mates, or find him a centerman who can dish him the puck, and they will be perfectly fine. They're going to score goals. The big question mark I have is on the blue line. Uh, They can compete. I mean, you have Thomas Shabbat, who they, you know, they committed long-term to. Uh, Artem Zub, Nikita Zaitsev, and then you bring in a guy like Travis Hamnick, very physical guy, can play down low, go get you pucks, but he's not a you know he's not a stalwart as far as, as far as getting the puck out of his own zone. So not a lot of puck movers, but they can compete, but it's not great. So that that's it. I mean, that's really all I got. But we'll kind of go over where I think they're going to finish. Cause I think they're going to finish a lot better than people think. It just, yeah, de- like I really, said, it just depends on the goaltending. That's really all it comes down to. Like I said, seventh, seventh in the division last year, that might be the last time they're near the bottom for a while, man. 100%. Are you ready? You ready to move on to the next team? Yep. This one's going to be tough for a lot of people to stomach. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we're going to, we're moving on to Boston. We're shipping up to Boston as it, some say, uh, to the bees, the Bruins, uh, last year, 107 points was good enough for the fir- first wild card spot, I believe, uh, fourth in the division. Uh, they lost to Carolina in the first round, four to three, uh, a heartbreaker of a series. You know, seven games. Anytime you go seven games, you- you're in for a good series. Uh, Don Sweeney sticking around as GM and uh, Jim Montgomery, head coach, former Blues for- assistant, former Blue Blues assistant. He's uh taking over the reins, man. Let's. You think he's the right man for the job? Uh, I don't know. 
It's not really his fault. With a, with I think a, it's. Uh, I think there's more problem. Like it's not really. It's not really him. Let's let's go through the players, and I'll kind of tell you what right. might be wrong. So uh, yeah, last year their leaders were uh, Pasternak for goal scoring. He had forty. Uh, Marshawn at thirty-two, and Bergeron and DeBrusque each had twenty-five. As far as points go, uh, Marshawn had eighty points. Pasta had seventy-seven. Bergey had sixty-five, and Taylor Hall at uh, sixty-one. Uh, their goalies this year are going to be Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark. Yikes. <laughs> That's yes. a big yikes. Sway- Swayman's really got to step it up this year. He he had his chance last year, and he never really could just get it going. I think I had him on my fantasy team, and I was just praying for him to just pick it up. And every time he, he'd get a chance, and I'd be like, all right, man, sweet. I got a guy that's going to give me some points and just could never really get the job done. Yeah, and I don't know if he can. Like, he's just not proven enough. And Linus Olmark is the same way. I just don't know what he's about. I just, I saw him in Buffalo, which I can't really give you, I can't really give you a fair, a fair assessment on when you played in Buffalo between the years of 2010 and 2021. It's it's (laughs) so bad. I mean, I don't know how you could give everyone, anyone a fair assessment. The big problem that Jim Montgomery is going to run into with this team is the injuries that are, that they're starting out with. And these are huge. I mean, you're talking about two of their top four defensemen being out to start the season long term with Matt Grizzlick shoulder surgery out five to six months. Um, and then you also have Charlie McAvoy, who is easily their number one defenseman, uh, also shoulder surgery out until minimum December, probably later than that. And not only that, uh, Brad Marchand hip surgery, the earliest they're saying is November. I'm saying that they're probably not going to want to risk it, but that's a long-term injury too. So you're talking three, four months. And then also Taylor Hall during camp has a knee injury and he's considered week to week. We haven't seen him at all in the preseason, so we're not sure. Um, that's a big problem. Right. Those are all big names, man. Like to, to have those four guys out, you know, you got two guys on the blue line that are just, you know, Charlie McAvoy, he's, he's, you know, a solid defender. And and then you got, you know, your, your leading point guy and Brad Marchand, pretty much the face of the team anymore to be out at least until November. I mean, hopefully he can get back sooner and later. But like you said, you don't really want to rush, especially anything with the hip. That's that's a really sensitive area, and you don't want to rush anything like that. And Taylor Hall, I mean, he's had his ups and downs throughout his career, but uh, that's a guy you got to get back to. He's going to score you some goals. Yeah, and I mean, Taylor Hall's looked his best since he's got to Boston by far. Since he's, yeah. since he's been drafted, he's looked the best in Boston. He's looked the most comfortable, so we'll see how that goes. Um, additions and subtractions, not many, but they add Pavel Zaka, which was part of that trade for Eric Howla, which I think is a little bit of a weird trade. Zaka can score, but I think Eric Howla is a good piece. I think getting rid of him might've been a pretty questionable idea. And then they lose Curtis Lazar, who goes to Vancouver, uh, really tough, hard nosed player goes down and gets pucks. Good top, uh, top nine player, I guess you could say. Definitely fits in the third line, maybe plays on your fourth line, and they kind of get rid of him. And then, obviously, they lose John Moore and Eric College. John Moore, not really anything to write home about, but another defenseman they could probably use at this point since they're missing two of their top four. Um, the big thing with Boston is this. Their, their core is aging, 
and very quickly. I mean, this is a, a core that is, they've been around for a long time. We're talking about the same core besides Pasternak. You're talking about a lot of these guys, the big guys on their team won a cup in 2011. And since then really haven't done much besides, you know, put up points. You know, they go to the Stanley Cup final in 2019 against the Blues, but uh, they lost. Just, just, throwing, <laughs> just throwing that out there. Uh, but the window is just, it's closed. To me, That this this roster is just, it's not built to win a cup. I think that they have a pretty good veteran presence and they can make the playoffs. But especially with these injuries, they're going to have to find a way to ride Bergeron and Pasternak, put that whole team on their back for about the, the next four to five months. And hopefully that, that that works out for them. I just don't I don't see it. I I mean anything could happen, but I really don't think it can happen. Until they're back from injury, I'll give them a, a fair assessment. But I think those first four to five months really hurts them. I I just don't know where this team's gonna go. Yeah, Bergie and Marshan, man, their backs gotta be a little tired just from carrying the team for the past couple of years. Past like Man, quite a few years it seems. Probably like. over almost a decade, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, Pasternak can 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 bury the pill, that's for sure. But you can't rely on that. And when your goaltenders aren't, you know, it's not you don't have Tuukka Rask in his prime form anymore. I mean, you're talking about Jeremy Swayman and Linus Olmark. I don't I don't know how that's going to go for him. We'll let you know where they're going to finish, like where we think they're going to finish. But I I I don't think it's going to be good for him. I don't think this is a good thing for them. I think it's been a bad off season. And I think it's just, it's kind of, it's coming to fruition that their team's probably going to be pushing towards a rebuild here soon. And in the words of our uh, guy that we can fanboy over, uh, Bobby Fairways, we are moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Who next? Detroit? Next. uh, Yeah, let's talk. This is an exciting one. Detroit Red Wings, uh, the big red wing. Uh, last season, sixth place in the division, 74 points, nowhere near the playoffs, uh, looked a lot more competitive throughout the entirety of the regular season, but, uh, yeah, no more easy games in the little Caesars arena as you put down. Yeah, no, no more. It's not like it used to be for the last three or four years. Like people are not walking into little Caesars going, well, this is two points. That's not true. Yeah. Yeah. That, that big fresh new arena that they got hot and ready. (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> God, that was terrible <laughs> yeah good one joe good one. oh man uh all right so stevie y just building this team up as the gm and uh new coach Derek lalonde who oh, apparently oh, was like in the top team. three of the most handsome coaches in the league oh he's a and rocket, i just huh? i didn't i uh, wouldn't go that far <laughs> but <laughs> i mean he's he was on the list apparently well he beat out Bruce Bruce Brujo, that's for sure. Oh, don't talk about my boy Brucey like that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some numbers. Uh, their goal leaders last year, Dylan Larkin, he had 31. Tyler Bertuzzi, 30. And uh, Lucas Raymond had 23. As far as points go, Dylan Larkin uh, led the team there with 69. Nice. Very nice. Bertuzzi had 62. Uh, Lucas Raymond, 57. Maurice Sider, the rookie, uh, 50 points. And, uh, yeah, he was the rookie of the year last year. Yeah, R- Maurice Sider is the next Chris Pronger. I'm throwing that out there right now. You can call me an idiot. or He's that good. That guy That's a big marries name. people, and he is a monster, dude. He's going to 65, po- 65 plus this year. Mighty, mighty Mo. 
All right, and then uh, they got a couple new uh, goaltenders this year. A uh, guy from St. Louis, they they signed him to quite the contract, Vili Huso. And then uh, their other goalie, I don't really know anything about him, uh, Alex Nedelkovic. Oh, okay. I've, yeah. I've, I've heard that. I've never seen it spelt out. Okay. He played with them last year. He was, pretty, he was all right. I mean, again, you have to give him a little bit of a pass because Detroit was a little bit, I mean, bipolar would be the best way to say it when it came to defense. They weren't great. Uh, a little bit of traffic cone-like. But, uh, yeah, I mean, not a bad goaltending tandem, if you ask me. Yeah, Huso's, uh, he, he's going to be on the line there, man. He's He played a good season here last year. You know, he played the majority of the games for us. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's still not like a full – he's never been a, you know, 50-60 game goalie. So we'll see how it's going to go with this new team. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, they had uh, quite a few notable additions. Uh, we already talked about Villahu. So uh, another guy from the Blues, David Perron. Um, one more guy from the Blues that I'll mention that we don't have on this list is uh, is he, he was acquired partway through the season last year is uh, Oscar Sundquist. Um, yeah. And uh, we don't even – yeah, I won't even mention him. Uh, but, yeah. So then uh, we have. Oh, Mitch Mitch, uh, who are you talking about? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Jake Wallman. Uh, Jake Wallman, my boy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't kind know. Of really. Yeah. He he wasn't my. He's up and comer, man. We'll see. He, we'll see if he, he he should have a shot to play a big role in this team, this young team. Uh, yeah. So what did I say? Uh, ben Sherrod, Andrew Kopp, uh, Dominic Kubalik. Big time uh, pickup for yeah, them. That's that's another big one. Another big one, man. Uh, so then we'll talk about their the subtractions. Mark Stahl. Who, oh, you skipped uh, over David Perron? That is disrespectful. No, I said David Perron. I said him. Oh, you did? Okay. I, I guess asked him so, man. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, sad to see him go. Um, we'll talk about him more once uh, we get to the Blues on the next episode. Uh, yeah, Mark Stahl. Who, who did he end up going to? Is he with uh, Florida? Yeah, yeah, he's with Florida. Yeah, okay. So Florida picked him up in uh, Nemestikov. Um, yeah, basically, like I said, this is quite the, uh, blues reunion squad, man. Like it's four, four, four players that played for us last year are yeah. going to be on that. That's nuts. Thank you for Nick Letty, Detroit. Thank you. Yeah. Not, not to mention, uh, a few years ago, uh, Robbie Fabry joined the team. Yeah. Isn't that I crazy? Forgot Fa- I forgot about Fabry too. Yeah, so uh, with all these new guys, this this young young team that is just being stirred up in this magic pot by Stevie Y, who did the same thing down in Toronto. What do you think this team Tampa. needs to do? Did I say Toronto? I I said down in. <laughs> no, because this yeah. team this team will actually win a series. Toronto will uh, not. Well, let's see if they even get to the series first. Yeah. But yeah, what what do you think this team needs to do? This young team that's being stirred up in this magic pot. Uh, it's pretty easy to me. That's it's just about establishing an identity early for them. They need to get these guys. It's kind of like what I said with um, with Boston. Like they need to they need to be cohesive. They need to find their identity really quick, and they need to just win games right out of the gate. They just have to. Like that's all they have to do. They have to. They stay competitive pretty much. I think Detroit was not far out of a playoff spot last year until about February, which is 
saying a lot because the last three years before that, their season was over when it started. And it's kind of the same way with Ottawa. You know, they'd go downhill and they'd lose a few games and then they'd be out. Um, uh, really, it's to me, this team runs off what Dylan Larkin does. Dylan Larkin is the force. I know a lot of people in Detroit are talking about whether or not he's going to be back or whether or not he's a trade piece because his contract is up coming this year. Do you want to move forward with him or do you want to move forward with the new guys you brought in with Kubalik and, you know, even guys like Jacob Verana and Fabry and, you know, other guys like that, Joseph Valeno. This is a team that like, I couldn't even begin to comprehend like the, the cap situation that they're going to have. There's so many new names, so many young guys that are up and coming, so many young stars. Like you, you talk about uh, it being Larkin's last year on his contract. Like, what the hell is he going to be worth next year? What the hell is Kubelik going to be worth in a couple of years when his contract's up? Like, you know, you got all, all these guys. That I know they they've for a long time been far under the cap. I think hopefully that. Uh, Stevie Y is able to spend this money and really make a good team because as as much as everybody hates Detroit, like that's that's a team that like I feel like for the NHL to be good, they need to be good. And for the NHL to, you know, partly succeed. So they got to spend to the cap. Zach, you're on mute, buddy. I got no audio. <laughs> oh man, I was on my <laughs> myself on mute. Um, no, the the I I agree with you that they should spend the cap. Um, but the other thing is, I agree big time with what you said about they like for the NHL to like be a good league, they need to be good. And I think that's true of any original six team. When Boston, New York, uh, Detroit, um, you know any any of those teams, Toronto. Any of those teams, when they're good, the NHL is doing good because that drives fan, that drives the fan bases. I mean, obviously now we're talking about like new fans that we want to get into the league and all that, but it's huge. When Detroit is good, it's better for the league. As much as I hate saying it because I grew up hating them my whole life, but this is a team that is on the rise. Uh, a lot of young guys, and you are right, they're going to be in a cap-strap situation give it two more years, maybe even another year with Raymond and Cider and Joseph Valeno and other guys like that. It just depends on who steps up. And and if Larkin stays, do they want to commit to Larkin? He's the captain right now. I mean, we have, you have a lame duck captain. May not be back next year. So I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, it's a tough situation for them right now. I think they're, not to give away any future predictions, but I think they're right where a team like Buffalo or Ottawa is, but I think they're a little bit let like, I think Buffalo and Ottawa or Buffalo and Detroit are in a tier here. And I think Ottawa is a little bit more up here, a little bit higher than them. So we'll see. I agree. Now, uh, shall we move on to the, uh, Palibou Francais segment of our podcast? Oh, le uh, blanc le <laughs> okay. Yeah, go ahead. Les Habitants, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, last season, oof, oof, what a disappointing season last year. But did you expect anything more? Uh, yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> I can guarantee people in Montreal definitely did. A hundred percent. 55 points last year, that's rough. Last in the division, 
the conference, and the entire league after making the Stanley Cup Finals the previous year. What a disgrace. I, th- I I don't know. I didn't research this enough, but I'm pretty sure that's the first time that's happened as far as I can remember. You would think this- that's got to be, man. I mean, b- maybe besides when there was only six teams in the league, but like, yeah, in, in the modern era of the NHL, you would think that's absolutely got to be the case. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, so they were the worst team in the East, the worst team in the entire NHL last year. Uh, the GM, Jeff Molson, I don't know, has he been around uh, for a while? Jeff, Jeff Gorton. Jeff Gorton. I oh, put the wrong Jeff name Gordon. in there. That's my fault. Yeah. Okay. Came over from New York uh, last year when they fired Bergevin. Um, oh, yeah. The Burger so, Van. I mean, but, yeah, the Burger Van. But Je- Jeff Gorton's a good guy. I mean, like, and he's... He built a New York. He built a few of those New York teams back in the early 2010s, who were pretty good. So I think he can get them going the right direction. But oof, they're in a rough spot right now. It's it's not good. Yeah, and then uh, we alluded to this a little bit earlier, but uh, Marty San Louis, he's going to be coming back as coach. Uh, is this the first year of that three year contract that he signed? Because yeah, he he took over that like interim little mm-hmm. role last year, and you know kind of somewhat started sending the team in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about some numbers here. Uh, the goal leaders last year, Cole Caulfield had 23, uh, a little bit better of a season or better. A, a 23 goal season. Let's just put it at that. Uh, Nick Suzuki had 21 and Josh Anderson with 19. That's, that's not, it's two 20 goal scores. That's, that's rough. It's really bad. And Nick Suzuki also new captain name this year. Oh yeah. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> all right. <and> then, <laughs> that's the best news to come out of Montreal yeah, in the last 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, their new captain, he was their point leader last year. It was 61. Uh, Cole Caulfield, they reversed roles in this. Uh, he had 43 and then, uh, Former Blue Mike Hoffman had 35. Oh, Blues legend gotta, Mike Hoffman? Yeah, he's got to be <laughs> hating life up there. Oh, my God. Uh, their goaltenders are uh, Carey Price, who will more than likely not play this year. Uh, so that means uh, Jake Allen's probably going to get the brunt of everything. And uh, Sam Montembeau. Yeah. that's He's, he's going to be a, backing up uh, Jake Allen. That is, uh, as they would say in French, le problème. That is a big problem. <laughs> that is huge. I mean, I don't know where they're going to go from here. I really don't. So, so real quick, can we touch on Carey Price uh, for anybody that doesn't know, like me? What the hell's going on with Carey Price? Yeah, so, and I alluded to it in our last episode, talking about that 2014 season where he got ran by Chris Kreider, right? And he blew his knee out. Well, since then, he's had two knee injuries and I think maybe two surgeries. And then also in this you know, uh, I think it was back in like May or June, they announced that he was going to have to have hip surgery again, which I think Jesus. he's had before, and he's not going to be able to play for the rest of the year. And I mean, we're talking about a goalie who was on top of the mountain not long ago and considered the best goalie in the league. And I mean, this is just, it sucks. It really does suck. I feel for Montreal on this one because I mean, the guy was an absolute dynamo. He was, it, the guy makes, Hard saves look easy and makes easy saves look like it's like kindergartners shooting on him whenever he's out. And, there. and just talk about two years ago that way that he led the team to you know the Stanley Cup Finals in twenty one. The guy's the guy's a living legend. Uh 
so let's move on to the additions and subtractions. Uh, the additions are uh, Mike Matheson, uh, another former Blackhawk from last year, Kirby Doc, Sean Monahan, uh, Jiraj, Jiraj Salah. Uri, Uri Slavkovsky. Oh, there you go, man. I, I butchered that one up. Let's just call him Slabby for the rest of the year so we don't fuck that up. Is he going to make the team this year? I mean, he first overall pick. Boy, I don't to. know. They had a, There was something that came out not too long ago. I think it was last week or like after the first preseason games where they asked, um, they asked their GM how Slavkovsky looked, and he said, eh, just average, not, not great. And they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, not good not, from your first overall pick. No, but what's good about him, and not to go on a huge tangent, but for him coming from Europe, if he doesn't make the team, like if they think he, they don't have to send him to junior, they can send him back to Europe to play, you know, pro hockey with men over in, uh, over, I think he was playing in the Czech league, something like that. Well, and can't like, isn't there some weird rule with like Europeans? Can't they like play in the AHL too? Like, can't they sign two way contracts and play in the AHL? Like, yes, sir. Some of these other guys. Yeah. Okay. That's another thing too. Yeah. So they could send them to the AHL or send them back to Europe either way. I think it'd be better for him to stay in the AHL if, if you're asking yeah. me, but, but they need him. They need him bad. They need something, man. That that's an embarrassment of a team right there. And then, uh, like, Let's not let's not sugarcoat this shit, okay? This roster is not a winning roster. This is a tank roster for sure. Like this is a bottom feeder team. Um they're gonna be in the running for Connor Bedard. They're gonna they want to get Bedard they want to get Bedard at the end of the year. That's what they want. Um the the biggest thing I have here is the goaltending is gonna be absolutely a question mark. Jake Allen, we know, much respect to him, former Blue Stanley Cup champion. I don't know if he's the answer. And I don't know how much he can handle with the pressure of taking over for Carey Price. And it's going to suck for Montreal Canadian fans to have to deal with that, that he's not going to be playing anymore. Yeah, that's that was their long-running star guy. Uh, he got down. I, I could tell you right now they're not they're they're not even gonna be like playoff like play the Jim Moore clip. Playoffs? They're not playing they're they're not making anything close. They're they're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna be in the bottom they're gonna be one of the worst three teams in the league by far. Yeah, definitely. And those those numbers from Suzuki and Caulfield that we talked about, uh they, they need to get better. They're not. That's not gonna be any better. I yeah, you gotta of, have more than two twenty goal scorers. I I just don't see it though. They don't have enough guys around them. Like they Not don't have enough year. guys around them to do it, and I think it's going to take them a few years. Montreal, you're going to be rebuilding. You're going to be in some yeah, deep you, shit. You'd think if uh, they they end up do succeeding in this tank for Bedard this year, uh, in a few years that that name is going to be there, and then you're going to have maybe three other names like Caulfield, Suzuki, and uh, uh, Kirby Doc. I think he he could stay and do something. But uh, besides those four guys, like you really don't have any other names to build around. Yep, I, I mean that. That's really that's all I got for them. They're they're just they're not going to be good. Bad. All right. So on that on that uh, French note, let's move on. Uh, let's go a little east. Let's go down to Buffalo. The Sabers get some wings real quick. Uh, they had seventy five points last season. A uh, little bit of an upgrade from some previous years, I think. Uh, they were fifth in the division. Uh, there was a huge gap though between uh, 
the fourth and fifth place in that division. That 100%. that that was like, I remember this division was like, you knew who was going to be in the playoffs like in October, December, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was such a huge gap all season long, and and for Buffalo to come out on top on the bottom end, I would take that as a positive. Yeah, uh, I, they played good. Yeah, so like I said, they were nowhere near the playoffs. Uh, the GM Kevin Adams and uh, head coach Don Granado. First year, first full season. First full season, Don Granado. Good luck to him. Uh, goal leaders, former Blue Tage Thompson, uh, thirty-eight. Man, it's awesome to see him succeed. It, it is kind of like uh, it's just a shame. He's looked gone, like but... a freak in preseason too. He's been scoring some goals. Has he? Yeah. He's been, he's been, and I saw someone compare him to Ovechkin the way he plays. And I was like, pump the fucking bricks, dude. We're not doing He's that. big, dude. He is big. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Talk to me. In eight, talk to me. 800 goals from now. Yeah. <laughs> A long way to go. Uh, all right. So, yeah. So Tage Thompson led the team in goals with 38. Jeff Skinner had a decent year with 33. Pozo, the new captain, 21. And uh, Olafson, uh, you had a note on him here. Yeah, twenty goals. A, a guy like in that COVID year scored, I think, just as many in that COVID year. It's just oh. not enough. The guy was just an absolute. He was a, he was a shooter. He shot from everywhere. And now, granted, he was playing with Jack Eichel. Like we'll give you that. But also now you're playing with Tage Thompson. You got Alex Tuck that came over as well. Uh, it has to be more. They have to get more scoring out of more players than just because Tage Thompson is going to score. I believe I don't believe that thirty eight was uh, like a, an aberration for him or an aberration. A fluke. Yeah, a fluke. Thank you. I'll use that word because it's a lot easier to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Olsen's got to score more. Plain and simple. Then we'll jump over the points. Uh, Thompson also led it there with Skinner right behind him. 68 and 63 and then the assist machine Rasmus Stalin uh 53 little Ryan overrated overrated I think so wow loser yes I don't think he's that good I, d- I just don't now I mean the, the the draft that he came out in wasn't great and it, I feel bad for him because I mean he's it also doesn't help that he plays for Buffalo it just it hasn't yeah. at all but I think Buffalo makes strides they can make some strides yeah, I think Buffalo is going to be a better team this year. You know, they're they're another one of those the, the, the big three of the improving teams. We got your uh, Detroit's, your Ottawa's, and your Buffalo's, yeah. all three in the same division. Uh, so I guess it's going to be kind of hard when you're all competing against each other. But mm-hmm. uh, somebody somebody's going to make a move. Um, then we'll go to goaltenders. Uh, Craig Anderson and uh, the guy with more K's in his name than I can shake a stick at. Uko, Uko Pekka Lukonen. <laughs> that guy, that's quite a name there, buddy. He's got to be one of them uh, northern eastern European guys. Oh, he's definitely Swiss. Finnish. Finnish, yeah, something like Finnish that. Finnish for sure. If you and, see a, uh, lot of, I, a lot of K's and a lot of N's, that's when you know yeah. that you're in Finland. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then uh, as we talked about earlier Ocpozo's the new captain uh he was named just just like this week i think uh at the end of the preseason yeah and i, I don't have many notes on him besides you have to learn it, it's it's now like you have now a full season where you're without jack eichel and you have to move on now tage thompson was a a very bright light for him last year 
find a way to make that work this year. Like, I mean, you just got to find a way to make it work. I don't think they're they're quite there yet, but they're making moves. I think, and you brought it up earlier with, I think there's three teams in the same division, Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit. Buffalo and Detroit are in this tier, and Ottawa's up here. They just have to make sure that they establish an identity. I'm going to say that a lot. Establish an identity and play the right way and make strides. That's all they got to do. Not a playoff team, yeah. but... But yeah. So you you, you think uh, Buffalo and uh, Detroit are kind of on the same level right now as far as like moving up, and you think Ottawa's a little bit ahead of them? Yeah, I think I'll I'll let you know here in a little bit. Right yeah, we'll, we'll I guess we'll talk about that in the previews. We might have some uh, debate about that. <laughs> uh, Let's go right, with this uh, one. I want to I want to I want to get into this one real bad. Yeah, get on on it, man. Dude, okay. I, I you could go ahead and take it over because I got I got to collect my thoughts on the what is I'm going to say about this. <laughs> All right, I'll let you collect your thoughts. You got quite a few notes written down, too, my guy. <laughs> All right, so uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, 115 points, good enough for second in the division. Yes, they made the playoffs. Uh, did they really? <laughs> <laughs> did they really? Oh, boy. What happened uh, there in that uh, first round? Oh, okay. Did right. they finally make it out? Was this the time... Was this the time that the whole city, the hockey mecca of North America, is this the time that they finally made it out of the first round? No. No. <laughs> it just is absolute no. But but Matthew scored 60 goals. Oh my god, they scored 60. Yeah, and if my I whatever. Go ahead. Keep going. If my aunt had a dick, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, let's let's really quickly talk about that uh, series. Uh, they lost to Tampa in four to three, uh, four games to three. They had a three to two lead after five games, which also happened had uh, excuse me, which they also had in 2019 against Boston. Familiar much? They lost game six in overtime after coming back from a two goal deficit. Yeah. So the, here's what I, I I'll just say one quick note. So clearly they know when they need to score goals and when they need to win, they can get, they can do it. Just but, take one of those 60, my guy, Austin Matthews. Don't be and, looking at the girls in the stands. And just score more score in April and May. Yeah, please keep going. All right. Uh, so yeah, they were eliminated in game seven in 18 and 19, both by Boston 2020 eliminated by Columbus in fifth game in a play in that, you know, weird playoff play-in game yeah. uh and then 2021 in game seven to tampa you guys just gotta get out of the first round please like I i'm tired of hearing toronto no, media don't, talk about it don't i'm, don't I'm sick of it well, i am here for it i am here for the, so for the sick of it. i'm not sick of it i love it it's great do you think if they ever ended up winning a cup they just shut the fuck up no, no, <laughs> no, they would not. They would never like, well, they only, they, well, they won the cup in seven games. They should have done it in six is what they would do. Ah. All right. So their GM, Kyle Dubas, uh, you got dumbass. Yeah. He's <laughs> tell me how you really feel. Zach. <laughs> uh, he's, I guess, uh, his contract is done at the end of this year and no signs of an extension coming up anytime soon why should there be i yeah. haven't done anything yet <laughs> you could you constructed a roster where you paid four guys 40 million dollars who can't play in the clutch 
Yeah, I, like I, the, I, I, I can't do this anymore. I, I like this version of Zach. Oh, I can't. I can't handle this. <laughs> I can't handle Sheldon it. Sheldon Keefe's going to keep the reins as head coach. Is uh, he? Is he? Yeah. We'll, I we'll sound see. like a, you know what I sound like right now? I sound like a Leafs fan. I sound like a Leafs fan. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So as we alluded to earlier, Matthews led the team in goals with 60. That's, that's a big number. That's the first time that's been done uh, great. Since, since Stammer. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Out. 60 goals is great. <laughs> How many did he score in the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> he had a decent amount too, though, but oh, he didn't win. Keep going. So, Mitchie Marner had uh, 35, Nylander 34, and Johnny T. Tavares. Which is had, not uh, bad. That's not bad at all. The no, four guys that you pay that much money are scoring goals. Great numbers. It's good enough for second in the regular season. Yep. <laughs> Points go uh, 106 to Matthews, 97 to Marner, 80 to Nylander, and uh, 76 to Tavares. And yet great again, num- great numbers. And and Tavares only played in 78 games, and he, he's basically a point-per-game guy. You can't complain about much else in the regular hey, season. You know what? I will give you something to complain about next. The goaltending. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have some work to do. Matt Murray and uh, Ilya Sansonov. Matt Murray has just been a question mark his whole ever ever since that hey, shining hey, but, year in Pittsburgh, man. Hey, but Joe, he only allowed one goal in the preseason. Oh my God! <laughs> this is what I I live on Toronto Maple Leafs Twitter. God. I live on it, and it is you disgusting. can't really avoid it. No, I can't. It's it's impossible. And Ilya Samsonov, I mean, what? It, uh, guys have done nothing. They, Washington let him go for a reason. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we'll talk about Washington when we get to them. But you know, they're okay. they're okay. kind of dealing with their own problems. Uh-huh. <laughs> All uh-huh. right, so both goalies, yeah, there are new uh, notable additions. Uh, Cali Yonkrok, he came over. Zach Aston, Ant, Zach Aston Reese. Uh, Jordy Ben, he's going up. Uh, well, that'll win. Then, that'll win you a cup. That'll win you a cup. And then, uh, from speaking of cups, two cup winner, uh, Nicholas Abe Kubel, uh, or sorry, one cup. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's the guy that infamously fell down at the uh, team picture while holding the cup and just dented the bottom of it. Wouldn't it be funny as fuck if he wins it with Toronto and he dents it again? <laughs> just, they'd, have, they'd have to win the cup first. But my God, that cup is here, that cup. If they, if they win a cup in Toronto, which they're not, they they would that that cup would not come. <laughs> they back need to make that happen. No, yeah, I I don't know. All right, and I mean the subtractions they get rid of Marazic and Spezza. I mean, but like, who cares? I want to get to what is wrong with this team. And I let's hear it, buddy. I told you you were going to learn about this about me. Like you were going to learn how I felt about these guys. Hey, man. I don't, uh, know. We're, <laughs> you, we're, I don't know. We're quite a ways into this podcast, and we still got a whole nother division to do. So let's see I, how much. I, let me make. Let me just make this clear. This roster is not built to win. Like it's not. It is not. They've made it to the playoffs with it every single year since Dubas has been under and haven't done a goddamn thing. Not one thing. They can't win the clutch. 
one thing, and I'm going to try to go through this as quick as I can. Who do you blame for this? Do you blame the GM and how the roster is constructed? Do you blame the coaching for not making them learn that they have to clutch up? Or do you blame the players for how they can't, they just can't clutch up? They don't know, they don't have a winning gene in them. You want to know what the answer to all three of those is? Yes. All three of them is. Yes. They, it, all three are the problem. Bad roster construction, not built to win. The coaching is not good enough. And the players just don't know what they're like. They just don't know how to clutch up. This is not a team that's built to win. They're built to make money, which, hey, go get they're your money. They're making some. Go get your money, boo boo. $40 million in four players. Let me tell you that. And then let, this team just needs to figure out one day when they're playing in a game seven, which, because clearly every year that they've lost since 2018 has been in a game seven or, you know, with the 2020 year was the game five play-in game. They need to sack the fuck up and be like, look, we have to win this game. There is no option. Like we need, they so they need to reach down into their plums and pull out some testosterone and just say, we're going to beat these guys. And I've seen it. Like I've seen it with these guys before. Matthews and Marner have that, have the ability and Nylander and Tavares too have the ability in the regular season where they're down by three or four goals. And they're like, we're taking this game over. Why can you not do that in April, May, or June? Why can you not? And they don't play in June. What am I talking about? Why can I, why can they not do that? <laughs> why can they not do it? It's just, there's something wrong with them. The team is cap strapped. So you can't go get players. You can't go spend to the cap unless you trade one of those players that you're paying 10, a gazillion dollars to. So this is it. This is your group that you're going into the year with. If Dubas and and th- that stupid Shanna plan, if I hear that goddamn thing again, the Shanna plan, <laughs> one more time, if I hear that again, I'm going to lose my mind. This team, it, this is the team you have. If you don't win this year, blow it up. You're in trouble. You're, no, it, blow it up. I mean, like, Matthews is going to Arizona State. Marner is going somewhere <laughs> else. Keep Nylander. Did you ever pay Tavares $11 million? $11 million, dude. Hey, hey, it's okay because he slept in the team's pajamas when he was a little boy. That's cute. That's cute. That makes for great, yeah, great PR. It's hey, it's just like the Leafs. Great PR, no finish. Nothing else other than that. that but I will say this. I actually am pulling for him because I we just talked about it with Detroit. When the original six teams are good and when Toronto is good, it's good for the league. And Toronto is sick from October through March. And as soon as April hits, they're going to let you down. They're the Cowboys of the NHL. They have the worst fan base. They have, the, and I mean, the media is just ridiculous. And somehow these guys just PR spin their way out of every question when it comes to, well, your guys can't win. Well, this is the roster we constructed. Well, you know, you know we really believe in these guys. Do you really believe in those guys? Like, do you really believe in it that much to where you guys cannot, like you guys can't win? I don't know. Change something. Win around. Just in the, that's the thing. They don't even have to win the cup. Just win around. Win it round. It, it, they'll celebrate like they won the cup if they just won one round. And I could guarantee you, if they don't win around, it, it doesn't matter if they win in a game, if they lose in a game seven, or if they lose in a four game sweep to fucking Buffalo. That team is getting blown up, and the, it's not just the players, the organization, the coach, the GM. Are they though? 
I don't know, but they should. <laughs> I mean, this is just an they absolute should. tire fire. I would rather my team. I would rather the at least when the Blues were going through. I kind of feel for Toronto Maple Leafs fans too, because uh, our fan base suffered through fifty-two years of letdown. This is longer than that. This is this and is it's it's longer and it's worse. They're not getting out of the first round ever. Yeah, they're not getting out of the first round. So just please, for God's sake. Get out of the first round. I don't know how they do it. The only way I can, the only thing I can say is the players have to figure something out because it's uh, that's and just, and just a little reminder on that. There's not a single player in the NHL right now that has lost a playoff series to the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yikes! Funny. It's too funny. All right, you ready? Let's let's preview. Let's but, let's give our breakdown of the division. Who do you got? Let's so, let's let's calm it down a little bit. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> that was oh, a ride. God. All right. You you want to know uh, how how do you want to do this here? You you want to just hear my teams in order? Yeah. One, one through eight. eight how I think one through play? eight, and uh, tell me the teams you think make the playoffs. All right. So uh, first place out of the Atlantic Division, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh boy! The regular season. That makes sense. Regular season. Uh, so then behind them, I got the Panthers. Okay. And then I got the Lightning. Okay. This one is going to be a little different. The bees aren't making the playoffs this year. Oh yeah. The bees aren't making the playoffs this year. I got, and not your sons either. I got the Detroit Red Wings. Stevie Y. He's oh! cooked up his magic enough. I think they're making. I think they're making it. I got four teams from the Atlantic Division making the playoffs. So you have Tampa, uh, Toronto, Florida, and Detroit. Tampa, Toronto, Florida. Yep, those are the four. And then you have Boston, Buffalo, Ottawa, and Montreal. I have Ottawa above Boston. Even I think Boston's going to go here, buddy. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a close three-way race for that one of the wild card spots, you know, on that side. Uh, I got to give four four spots, one of the wild card spots over in the Metro. We'll talk about that later. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a pretty tight race for for that wild card spot. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's gonna, I, I think it's going to be the Wings, but it could be any of the combination, the Wings, the Senators, or the Bruins. Uh, then the Sabres are going to be down there. I think they're going to be climbing up a little bit, too. And, uh, and then uh, whew, that... That French trouble, man. It's it's going to be rough for the Canadians. They're going to finish at the bottom. I like that list. I got. I I think we're pretty much in the. Well, no, we're not the same. So number one, I have Tampa. I have Tampa finishing first. Wow. Okay. I have Toronto in second, and Florida in third. And I have so the Ottawa's, same top three. Same top three, but I have I have the Ottawa Senators making the wild card spot. Uh, I got them pushing forward. Yeah. Four four teams from the Atlantic for you? I got four teams from the Atlantic, and then right behind them, just missing the playoffs. I I, I think it's going to be close, but I have Detroit yeah. right underneath them and Boston six. You got Boston I, six as well? Yeah. yeah. I, don't believe <laughs> right. Boston, I don't believe Boston's making the playoffs this year, man. I just don't think it's yeah. going to happen. And then Buffalo at seven, and I got Montreal at eighth. So that's, I mean, it's, I just can't, I can't. I can't see it going any other way, and I, I feel bad not picking Boston. 
No, I don't. What am I talking about? Nope. Like, no. No. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my eyebrows raised there. I'm like, you do? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the Metropolitan Division. Metropolitan, big cities. We're going to be talking big cities and uh, big games. Bright lights, uh, big cities, baby. So let's start off with uh, a recent Stanley Cup winner, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they finished with 103 points last year. That was good for third in the division. Yes, they made the playoffs. Uh, they lost in the first round, though, to the Rangers, four games to three. Uh, Ron Hextall is going to be continuing his time there uh, as GM. And then Mike Sullivan, same thing, continuing his time as the coach. Their goal leaders were Jake Gensel with 40. Crosby had 31. Good number for him. And then uh, Brian Russ had 24. And Gino Malkin, 20. And that didn't, didn't even play half the season. Guy was hurt. Yeah, half the yeah he, he was on fire when he came back. Yep. Uh, as far as points go... Gensel and Crosby both had 84. Crystal Tang had 68. Rust with 58. And Jeff Carter with 45. And Latang, I like Latang. Latang is a, he's still elite. He just, he finally played a full season. And I think that's why his point total showed. I think he could still be elite. And that trio yeah. of him, him, Malkin, and Crosby are just, you know, the longest trio to ever play in the NHL, by the way. Really? Yes. Wow. Let's build a statue now. Uh, yeah. So, that's, so that's how many? And they've won three cups together then? Yep. Nice. That's pretty cool. That's really cool, actually. Uh, their goaltenders this year, uh, Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. Uh, it's the same as last year, I believe. Yeah, except if you remember, Jari and DeSmith bo- both went down in the playoffs and they had Louis Domingue playing oh yeah because remember louis Domingue like came off the bench that one game and they're like how was your uh you know what did you do to prepare he's like well i ate some uh hot and spicy pork before the before the game yeah. and it was it oh, was yeah, okay it was not I the best <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. a great move can you imagine eating spicy pork and broccoli before going and playing a hockey i would be on the toilet for eight hours after that yeah I mean, uh, hey, some guys, some guys just hit different, man. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, their moves over the offseason. Uh, the additions, uh, they got Jeff Petrie. Uh, I remember the Blues were kind of talking about getting him for a little bit. Uh, traded uh, Mike Matheson for him. Uh, Jan Ruda, they lost him in free agency to, uh, well, we talked about the Tam- game. Right? Tampa lost him yeah, to Tampa. Pittsburgh, yep. Okay. Or, yeah, they, yeah, that's right. And then... Uh, Ty Smith, uh, they traded John Marino for him. Yep. Uh, and then uh, as far as subtractions go, uh, like we said, Mike Matheson and uh, John Marino. Uh, what 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 do you think the Penguins got to do this year? They're getting older, as you said. Their their core is getting older. The longest trio to play together in the NHL. That's crazy. What what do you think they got to do this year? I I don't think they have a chance to win the cup. You never know with Sid and Gino behind the puck, but what do you think they got to do this year to at least get back in the playoffs? Uh, really, it's just on those three. I mean, Crosby, I think, is in that he's in like that part of his career where he's still trying to prove that he's one of the best players in the league. I think that's when, and then Malkin's probably the same way. Uh, I think you're you're 100 right. I don't think they can win a cup. I think they're a playoff team, uh, but really, uh, their their windows. 
it's about that wide. I, I think if they get if they get the right bounces, get some luck, they can win, but more than likely not. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a tough season for them. Uh, they they've been good for a long time, but maybe it's finally coming to an end. Uh, all right, you ready to move on to the next team? Yeah. All right, let's get it going. Uh, Washington Capitals, Ovi's team. Last season, 100 points, fourth in the division. They did get a wild card spot. Um, they did, however, lose in the first round to the Panthers, four games to two. Uh, their GM, Brian McCullen, and head coach, Peter Laviolette, are back again this year. Goals. Ovi hit the 50 mark. Good for him, man. And, uh, Fucking machine. Yes, the the machine, the uh, Albert Pujols equivalent. Let's get to that all-time record, though. Not end up in fourth place. He's, he's going to break it. He's He's got to, man. 50, he's, gonna, he's, 50 20, goals. He's, he's 21 goals away from breaking Gordie Howe's record to move into 21st. Or to move into second. 21st. Second 21st. <laughs> second, same thing. Uh, so, yeah, OV had 50. Uh, Kuznetsov had 24. Tom Wilson had 24. And Connor Sheary had 19. Uh, as far as points go, Ovi led the lead, led the team there with 90. Uh, Can we talk about this real quick? Yeah, go ahead. The fact that Ovi had a a 50 goal season and had 90 points, he almost had as many assists as he did goals. That's Which does hurt. not like him at all. That is not like him at all. And I mean, it just shows the guy doesn't stop. That that's all I had. Uh, so yeah, then Kuznetsov had 78, and then John Carlson had 71. Let's talk about uh, some movements over the offseason. Darcy Kemper, he came over uh, from free agency after winning the Cup in Colorado. Colorado just wasn't able to afford him, and they, they knew it from the get-go. He was going to be gone, and great pickup for them. Uh, and then uh, another free agent came over, uh, Dylan Strom, from, uh, another name from Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they – so let's talk subtractions. They lost their goalie, Samsonov. Uh Good trade-off there, in my opinion. Uh, Darcy Kemper is a much better goalie than Samsonov. Uh, Samsonov ended up going to Toronto, and then uh, Vanacek came over. He was traded for draft picks to the Devils. Yep. So they're goalies this year, and I think this is the way to do it here. This is a really good setup that they have going in. Uh, Darcy Kemper, we already know he's a solid goalie. Uh, Going to do great things up there in Washington. And then... Uh, Chucky Sideburns, uh, our number three goalie in the organization for the Blues, uh, Charlie Lindgren. He's going to be taking over the backup role there. Yeah, and really with Washington, all it comes down to is score goals, get decent goaltending. They're a playoff team. I don't know if they're good enough to win a cup, but that's all I got. They're definitely a playoff team, though. All right, and with that, we'll uh, move on to the next team. Get Keep this train rolling. Uh Carolina, the Hurricanes, first in the division last year with 116 points. Did they make playoffs? Absolutely. Uh, they didn't last too long in the playoffs, so they lost in the second round to the New York Rangers in a 4-3 series. Uh, their GM, Don Waddell? Waddle? Don Waddell. Waddell. And He's then uh, the two. Yeah, they're they're doing things, man. And then uh, also a guy uh, running that hell of a team is Rod the Bob Brendamore. 
absolute animal, dude. <laughs> he's 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 a hoss. Riding the bike, he's the first one there and the last one out, and he's wor- working out before all the guys. It's like, dude, you don't play anymore. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk some numbers. Uh, Sebastian Ajo led the team in scoring with 37 goals, and then Svech had 30. Uh, as far as points go, Ajo had 81, Svech 69. Nice. Very and, nice. And uh, Teravainen had 65 points. Uh, I also want to note that um, Tony D'Angelo, Tony D, had uh, 51 points in just 64 games played. So I that's pretty good for a defenseman there. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so what, Not, and then we'll talk goalies here real quick. Uh, Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta, they're going to be taking the reins there. What do you, what do you got to say about this team? Uh, not much. I mean, it's, it, they're basically running it back with the same exact roster. Uh, the one guy that I'm really curious to see how he does this year with a full slate is Seth Jarvis. Came up and played on the first line with Aho and uh, Tara Vinen for a while. Uh, if he can get going, that'd be great. But Carolina is so stacked. I mean, their defense is so good. I mean, with guys like Pesci, um, uh, Ducky Hamilton is also no Ducky Hamilton's in New Jersey, but they have uh, Pesci and Slavin, and um, you know, with those two guys, that's a great shutdown pair. I mean, they have good goaltending with Freddie Anderson. Um, they're, I mean, they're they're a good team. Like they can they can do anything. I think they could easily win this division. I think there's no problem with that, and I think they could win a cup. I think they're definitely a playoff team. There's not really much to say. They're a good team. Yeah. So uh, a couple names that are in the mix this year are. Uh... Pacioretty and then uh, Brent Burns. He finally left uh, San Jose. That we'll talk about that dump of a team later. Oh boy! Um, and then Andre Cash and uh, Dylan Coughlin. I don't really know much about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony D's gone from the team, which I didn't even know that. Hey, what the Philly? 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 Okay. Uh, then uh, Nino Niederreiter's gone. Vinny Trocheck and Ian Cole. Those are uh, some of the big names that are out of there this year. So lose they lose a lot of decent players, but I still think that their roster is constructed well enough to still be a playoff team. I think they can be a contender. It just, I don't know. And you know what's nice? They got they got patch ready for basically free because Vegas had to get rid of them. They they got them for what they call future considerations, which is basically we're trading in cash. For, yeah, cash monies, nothing. Uh, it's it's a cash dump. That's all it is. So yeah. Uh, Carolina, good team, playoff team. We'll see how they, we'll see where they end up. All right. Next up, we got the New Jersey Devils, uh, seventh in the division last season with 63 points. Did they make playoffs? Not even close. They were very far from it. Uh, their general manager is Tom Fitzgerald, head coach, rough, Lindy Ruff, mustache guy, uh, goals, 26 for Jesper Bratt. Jack Hughes also had 26. Only played 49 games last year, though. So that's that's a pretty good number for him. He he's got to do he's got to do better though. He's got to stay healthy. That's a, that's a big thing. Um, and then uh, Sharon Govich had 24. Did I get that one right? Oof. Oh yeah. Good job, buddy. <laughs> you know your uh, Russian names. 
Yeah, then we'll go the points. Uh, Jesper Brad also had 73 there. Nico Heischer had 60, and then Hughes had 56 in that 49 games he played. So he's more than a point-per-game guy. Uh, let's talk about some of the ins and outs there. Um, in is Andre Palat, Eric Holla, Vanacek, and John Marino. And then uh, out is Pavel Zaka and Ty Smith. I mean, nothing but good things coming in for them. I think they got rid of some some players that may have been anchoring them down a little bit and brought in some guys like, especially Palat is going to be huge for that team. Just the just the experience that he has, and I think he's going to easily make that team much better. I don't know if they're a playoff team or not. We'll see, but uh, their goaltending is the biggest. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is not bad. They're going with Mackenzie Blackwood and Vitek Vanacek. Blackwood's not bad. Yeah, and how old is he? He's I know he's new. I think he's like 25 or 26. Don't quote yeah. me on that, but I think he's pretty young. Yeah, so he's he's still goalies, you know, you talked about the prime earlier and saying how it's drastically changed and now you're saying they prime out at 25 years old. I don't know how true that is, but um goalies have always taken a little bit longer to develop and uh you know Good things are coming out of him so far. So, yeah, if he's 24, 25 years old, he he looks like he's going to have a bright future ahead of him on on a team that looks like has a bright future ahead of them. Yeah, 100%. Uh, probably not good enough to be a playoff team. We'll see. But uh, definitely going to make some strides. Don't forget they lost P.K. Subban, too, to retire. Oh, Subanander. Yeah, that's right. Yep, he retired. Not like that was a oh. huge loss or anything, but... Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, we talked about him earlier. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, New York Rangers are next. 110 points, good enough for second in the division. They made the playoffs and uh, lost in the third round. Man, they were they were a hell of a team last year in those playoffs. Uh, made it all the way to the third round. Lost to Tampa, which, like I said earlier, Tampa up until they got to mighty, mighty Colorado looked like they were right on their way to another Stanley Cup. Um yeah, so they lost uh, four to two to Tampa. Uh, Jeff Gordon is their GM, and Gerard Gallant coaching job. One of my favorite coaches in the league by far. He's awesome. I love that guy. Yeah. Do you see the video of him recently? Where uh, I can't remember who it was doing smelling salts on the bench. Oh, oh yeah, Lafreniere. Lafreniere was turning around and gave Gallant some smelling sauces or smelling oh, sauce. He jerked like, his head back real fast. He loved it. He loved it. <laughs> if my coach is a smelling salts guy, gotta love that. Got his motors running. All right, so we'll talk uh, numbers. Goals last year, Kreider had a fantastic year with 52 goals. Uh, I think that was second in the league, right? Yeah, and the thing was is he scored all of his goals from, like, within five feet of the net. The guy yeah, is just, just – he's, he's a power he's a play. Beast. I think he scored, like, 25 or 27 goals on the power play. Like he's Jesus. he's a freak, but I mean, like to score that many goals from that in tight, and he can score from anywhere. The guy can skate, he can move, but I forgot they had fifty two. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he was on a tear last year. Uh, oh yeah. Then uh, there was a big gap behind him, but uh, not bad. Uh, Mika Zibanejad had twenty nine, Panarin with twenty two, Strom with twenty one, and uh, Lafreniere had uh, nineteen. Uh, pretty good numbers for a young guy. Uh, as far as points go, uh, Panarin led the team there with 96. 
74 uh, assists, man. Just 22 goals and 74 Ooh. assists. That's crazy. God, freak. Uh, hey, good thing, good thing Stan Bowman got rid of that guy for Brandon Saad, right? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that was that was at the beginning of that uh, start to be downfall there for that team, the Chicago team. Uh, Mika Zabinajad had second as well in points with 81. Kreider, 77, and Adam Fox, uh, stud defenseman, had 74. That guy's an absolute um, freak. Yes, he is. If, if Kale McCarr wasn't around, that that would be the name that everybody was talking about. Uh, goalies, uh, Igor Shesterkin and Yaro Halak, former blue. Uh, Shesterkin, what a stud that guy is as well. You got, you got anything to say about their goalie situation? I mean, you got the, you got the Vesna winner. So, I mean, why not run it back? The guy was an absolute – he could have won the Hart Trophy, if you ask me. Because half those games that New York was winning, he – I mean, he was shutting them down and they could only score two goals. I think his – at one point, I think in like February or March, his save percentage was like 93, which is – Yeah, his numbers were nuts. Yeah. Um, One thing that just kind of came to mind as we're talking about goalies here – do you think now Yarohlock he's getting old he's nearing the end of his career. Do you think uh Shesterkin has like the endurance to really take over as big of a role as he's going to be asked for this season with Yarrow? Like I I don't know how many games Yarrow can really handle. He's he's not as good as he used to be. I, can he can he get the wins when he needs to and then you know, you don't want to play Shesterkin so much during the regular season and then get him to tire out for the playoffs. Yeah, that's 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 kind of like the dilemma they're in, right? Like, because they don't yeah. have Georgiev anymore with him going to Colorado, who could, they could pretty much split time with. I think Yarrow is probably a twenty-five to thirty game guy. So, I mean, you're going to have to ask Sturkin to play minimum fifty games, fifty fifty-two, which but is probably, which is reasonable. But if he has to play any more than that, I mean, I don't know. We're going to have to see. I mean, I could probably see him being a sixty-game guy, but. I don't know. It's it, you're gonna have to like rotate Halak in there early to see if he can really get if if he can get his feet wet and make saves that he needs to make. Because New York's gonna score goals, we know that. Like they're gonna get their points. It's just can you be good enough? You know, in those you know every five or six, fifth or sixth game that you're playing, can you come in and just give average goaltending and keep them in games? So we'll see. Right. And Yarrow's old. I mean, Yarrow's older. He's 35, 36 now. I mean. You're, you're at, you it's time to a lot. Yeah. I mean, you're asking a lot out of a guy who's played on a lot of different teams and, you know, done a lot of different work. So we'll see. I, I, th- I want to say yes to Shisterkin because he was so good last year, but who can tell? I mean, that's going to be, yeah, I, I, see it. I think he's going to be good regardless. It's just, does he have the endurance to really like, cause like I said, I, I, I 25, I think even that would be a lot of games for Yarrow. So, you know, if that's all he's going to play, then Shesterkin's going to have a lot on his plate. Um, so we'll talk about additions. Uh, Yarrow, obviously. Uh, Vinny Trocek and uh, Jimmy VC come along. Jimmy VC uh, comes back to New York. Back to New York. Hey. I don't remember was, him that before. If you don't remember him, like, I don't know if you remember if you were paying attention a lot at the time, but Jimmy VC was like a star player in college got drafted by Nashville and was basically like, I'm not playing in Nashville. And there was the summer of 2016 was the Jimmy VC sweepstakes and everybody wanted him. 
and he ended up going to New York. It did not work out at all. And VC's been all over the place, and now he's back in New York. Maybe this time around will be better better for him. All right, and then uh, Ryan Strom left. Uh, he went to Anaheim. one of those. Anna. Oh, okay, yeah. I was gonna say. I, so then the other Strom brother, he he went to one of those new. He went to Washington. Teams. Yeah. Okay. Washington. Okay. Yep. Um. So yeah, Ryan Strom's gone. Uh, Tyler Mott's gone. That's that's a big loss, and Andrew Cop as well. Andrew Cop was a fucking monster for them, and we forgot to mention this with Detroit. Andrew Cop went to Detroit in free agency. We forgot. Okay. We to- we totally glossed over that, but uh, that's a huge loss because Cop and Panarin were playing together, and they were unreal. So we'll see how they can get over that. I think their top line is so good, and then they have that that kid line of Filipino Capo Caco and uh alexis lafreniere but we'll see i think new york is the number one front runner for patrick kane to end up there by the time the trade deadline happens i i'm calling it right now patrick kane is going to be a ranger this year and playing with artemi panarin bring bring the crew back together (laughs) back together with uh the bread man all right, uh, let's move on to uh, cross over in the island, uh, the New York Islanders. Yikes. Points last Ugh. season, they had 84, fifth place in the division. Did they make the playoffs? No, they didn't. They were expected to do really good in the playoffs, and they couldn't even get there. Suck, um, on, that. Suck on that, Whitney. So, yeah. <laughs> 16, they, they missed the playoff by 16 points. Uh, Frankie Borelli was absolutely crushed you know that guy was crying every Uh, every they were so bad last year and like i'm not i'm not like i'm not exaggerating either it was well it was more like with their expectations that they had for their team they got talked up so much and i and i fell into those talks man like i I thought they they were were gonna be good the conference finals they were that close to beating tampa and they just i mean what a what a fall from grace that team had sorry frankie yeah, sorry, sorry, pizza boy. Uh, all right. Um, so Lou Lamarillo, obviously the GM there, and then uh, Lane Lambert, the head coach. I don't know anything about him. First, first year, first he year? was uh, okay. He was so he was a coach with Washington. I know that previously. I don't know where he was before that, but I know he was a coach for the Capitals whenever they won the cup. All right. So let's talk some numbers. Uh, Brock Nelson, we talked about him a little bit earlier, uh, led the team in goals with 37. Anders Lee, defenseman, with uh, 28. And then uh, J.G. Pajot had 18. Uh, And then uh, as far as points go, uh, Brock Nelson with 59. Barzell had 59 as well. Noah Dobson with 51. And Anders Lee with 46. I did not know that about Dobson, that he had 51 points. I mean that's yeah. I don't know anything about the guy. As decent. I mean the guy is one of the. He's a right shot D. He's pretty good, and he's probably going to be a power play guy this year. I worry about like if I I would hate to play against that Pulak and that. Uh, who's the other guy that shoots really hard on their team? Is Pulak and someone else that are oh Pelic Adam Pelic. I remember when Adam Pelic was playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning two years ago or last year in the finals. Uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, I was like, this guy's going to win a Norris someday. And then, uh, yeah, that did not turn out well. No, it did not. <laughs> uh, 
so so what do you think that they really got to do to get back in that like winning stance like i was was last season just a fluke or do they really have like a lot of problems going on probably a fluke i mean i i don't know it just this team is built in such a weird way and like they have such a weird system for the players they have they have players like Beauvillier, like barzell like brock nelson like anders lee and you know other guys like that that can score goals and it just seems like they play in the wrong system so i don't know and i'm not hating on barry trotz the guys want a stanley cup but i i don't know it just doesn't seem like a system fit for these players very well at all at least they got good goaltending though because sorokin was a beast last year yes yeah he was he was uh along with um what's his name uh in new york Varlam- uh, varlamov well Our- Sturkin, yeah, they I remember at the beginning of the season they were the two like hot guys, you know, starting you know, their new roles as goalies, you know, as starters doing really well. Um, all right, let's uh good luck to the Islanders this year. I you know, and I I do like to see them do good. They they got a fun team up there. Um, uh, but let's move uh down to the Philly, the Flyers. Uh, the tire fire flyers, yeah. Yeah, uh, those that those the Detroit Red Wing alternate ugly logo. <laughs> yes, uh, all right. Um, so they only had sixty-one points last season. That was good for last in the division. Uh, way far away from making the playoffs. Uh, Chuck Fletcher is the GM, and uh, John Tortorella is the head coach. That's scary. Um, <laughs> he fits there. He fits the. He fits like the. The vibe of Philly very well, though, I will say. That. Well, if you want to talk Broad Street bullies, that guy's a bully right there. Yeah, he's he's more than a bully. Yeah, he's a fucking animal. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe he can whip this team into shape. Uh, as far as uh, points go, uh, JVR, James Ram Reamsdyke had 24. Cam Atkinson, the uh, NHL video game superhero from a few years ago. That guy was always <laughs> overrated. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he had 23. Uh, and then... Claude Giroux had 18. Um, as far as points go, uh, Travis Konecki had 52. Cam Atkinson had 50. Claude Giroux had 42. And JVR had 38. Their goalies are uh, Carter Hot, Carter Hot, and uh, Troy Grosnick. Gro- Grosnick. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that guy is. That's a problem. Um. Not really a lot of like, I, I mean, we didn't even like go over notable additions and subtractions here. And here's why this team is just bad. Like they're just a bad team right now. And I don't think it gets any better. I think Tortorella might whip, whip them into shape really quick and get them playing differently. But I still think this team is just so far away from, from where they need to be as far as competing for a, for a playoff spot. And the, the big thing was, is that they're loot. They, 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 they lost Sean Couturier early, and they lost him again now. He's not ready to return yet, and that's their best player. And they lost Giroux, and I think this this team's in a little bit of a spiral. I just, I really don't have much to say besides they're just they're they might finish seventh. I don't know, but it probably eighth. So okay, so we will talk about one little kind of in and out. Uh, Tony D came over, and then um, Oscar Lindblom's gone, though. So 
I think yeah. that's a bit of an upgrade with Tony D, but is it really going to matter for the last place team in the division? I don't think so. He'll up their power play numbers, that's for sure. Yeah. So, I, but, I mean, other than that, I don't know. It's just, can Torts really prove that he can come in here and whip this team into shape that quickly? I highly doubt it, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that's a team uh, a few years in the making. Uh, they're at the beginning stages of like a Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo kind of thing. Uh, let's move on to Columbus, uh, the Blue Jackets. There's not really much to talk about with them. Uh, 81 points last year. It's good for six in the division. Not even close to the playoffs. Um, GM Jarmo Kekalainen and then uh, head coach Brad Larson. Uh, as far as goals go, Oliver Bjorkstrand had 28. Patrick Laine, uh the stud. Well, by the way, Bjorkstrand left, and he's in Seattle now. Yikes. Yeah, that's <laughs> not good. Goal leader when when he shouldn't have even been the goal leader when you got Patrick Line on your team, but no. he was too busy playing video games. Uh, so Line had twenty six, Boone Jenner with twenty three, and uh, Jack Roslevic with twenty two. As far as points go, uh, Voracek had sixty two, Bjorkstrand, who's no longer with them, had fifty seven, Line with fifty six, and Gus Bus Gus Nyquist had fifty three. Uh, and then their uh, goalies. Uh, Elvis, Elvis Merzlikin staying around and uh, Jonas Corpsalo. Yeah, I mean, really, the one key addition that we can talk about is the fact that they got Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, that's Johnny. That's I you. mean, that's that's a big that's a big thing for them. But does it really affect them that much? That's that's the question here this year. Is it, I mean, if Line a does not score forty plus. Playing with Johnny Gaudreau, Line is a. They got to find another. They got to find another goal scorer if that's the case. Yeah, because Line is. If Line can't score forty with him on his line, and we talked about Kent Johnson with the way they've been playing together, if they can't find any chemistry there, I mean, it, it, Line might be moving on to his third team, which is absolutely nuts to think about. Yeah, the, the guy that should be scoring should be top top three to five in goals. Every he year. should be a 50-goal guy every year. There's no doubt. Or damn near it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Johnny Hockey, what what a shocker that was for him to land in Columbus when you know we all thought he was going to Philly, I think was the yep. talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not terribly far from Philly, but still, it's just very weird uh, to see that happen. Very. Prediction time. Prediction time. All right, we're going to end up the Eastern Conference. Uh, Why don't you start this time, buddy? All right, so I got four teams making the playoffs out of this, so I got an even split with the East, four and four. Um, I got the Rangers winning the division. I got the Hurricanes right behind them. I got the Penguins in third. And then I got the Capitals getting the wild card spot at number four. And then behind them... I got Columbus in fifth. Out of the, so these are all non-playoff teams. Columbus, and then the Islanders, and then the Devils, and then I have Philly in last. So you got the Islanders down at the sixth spot again, huh? You, I do. You, you I don't, don't think that was a fluke. No, I don't think that. That's why I said maybe a fluke. It's definitely not. I don't think they're like. I think they're playing in the wrong system. All right, so I'll run through mine real quick, and then we'll chat about it. Um, 
So our first two are exactly the same. I had the Rangers in first and the Hurricanes in second. I really think either of those teams you could flip-flop either or. I think, uh, honestly, the reason I went with the Rangers is because I'm a big Igor fan. Uh, I think Shesterkin's an absolute stud. Um, Then this might be the shocker to you, then. uh, I had the Islanders in third. Like I don't even think they're going to be a wild-card team. I think last year was just the fluke. Um. So yeah, Islanders in third, and then taking that wild card spot from the Metro side is uh, for me going to be the Capitals. Um, Ov and them, they're they're just too strong of a powerhouse. I, they're definitely de- on the decline, but I, they they're going to make playoffs again. And and if they're going to go on a run, I don't really know, but they're too good not to. Uh, so down in fifth, yeah, I had the same as you, the Jackets, and then down all the way in sixth, I got the Penguins. Sid, wow. Tang, they're great. But they're they're getting old, man, and they've just been declining every year. And <clears throat> on top of declining every year, they can't stay healthy. Yeah, those big I guys mean, have a hard time staying healthy. So yeah, age, I yeah. I got them down at sixth, uh, and then the Devils and Flyers to round things out. Um, this is probably the division that I pay the least most. I, I, the whole Eastern Conference, I don't pay a ton of attention to. Um. But yeah, like so, take my picks for what you will. We'll see how, if it happens, though. Yeah, I, I mean, this was honestly this was the hardest one for me to pick, just especially for the top three or four teams. It's very tough to pick. I just can't see the Penguins. I don't see Crosby and Malkin and Latang letting it happen that they don't make the playoffs this year. Just can't. I don't see it. I think Sid has some kind of like incredible bounce back year this year. And gets like upwards of like a point per game. I don't see like anything less than that. And then with Gensel coming on and all that, I have a question. You know what we didn't talk about with Washington is that Nick Backstrom may not play this year, and that may sway me now that I've looked at that. I mean, I still think they're a wild card team without him because, I mean, Backstrom's kind of been on the decline anyway for the past few years. But him having that that hip surgery that he had is going to keep him out for like five to six months. And it's... Yeah. And and did Ovi even play all season with him last year? I think they may have played a little bit together, but it's just that Kuzi is so... Kuznetsov is so much better. Like, it's right. kind of taken that spot since back... Because Backstrom can't stay healthy. He's had a problem with that. Right. Which sucks, because he's like one of the best passers to ever play the game by far. So, so to have Backstrom, you know out and Ovi still was able to score 50 it's like first off that kind of means you know he's not really needed anymore because you know all those years Backstrom was the guy just dishing the puck over to Ovi and since that's not really happening anymore and he's having all these health problems and he's getting older he may be seeing his way out of town not necessarily out of town but just out of out of out of of playing yeah he might just be retiring soon if anything and that that sucks because i love watching backstrom play is one of my favorite players to watch but i mean Ovi. we talk about Ovi really quick we talked about how he's 21 goals behind gordy howe that i get give it 2020 by the end of the 25 26 season that gretzky record is gone erased it's Ovi's. Because yeah. I mean, let's just let's just say this. I, I want to look this up really quick, and I want to. I, I kind of wanted to do this before. Ovechkin. Let's see, all-time goals leaders. Do you think he can break seven ninety-four? I think is what it is. Gretzky's. 
Um, yeah. Eight ninety four, yeah. So eight ninety four, yeah. So he's at eight. He's at seven hundred and eighty right now. So he's what a hundred and fourteen behind Gretzky. So let's just say this year. Let's just say Ovi has an okay year. Okay, let's say he gets forty. Well, before that, before so I, so I can start thinking correctly. I know he signed that five year contract. Was last year the first year of that contract, or was it the second? I think it was two years ago. So I think he's he's got three years. So left. this is this is three. Wow. Yeah. But I think this is a guy. I Ovi will be out getting. He'll get wheelchaired out before. Yeah, he, he, I agree. That so so he'll play these three years for sure. Will he get it in these three years? I don't know. You know that's that's an average of uh, one one. So that's an average of like forty, almost forty goals a year. He could definitely do it uh, as he's getting older. How healthy can he stay? He's been able to stay pretty damn healthy for a long time. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's necessary. I think it's going to be close, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be done in three years. But, uh, you well, know, if he's able to sign another one, why the hell wouldn't they sign him longer if he's oh, still he, scoring? Goals? He will. He'll play until he can't, like, until his legs fall off, at least until right. he breaks that record. And I just did the calculation. So he's 114 goals behind Gretzky. If he scores 38 goals for the next three seasons, he'll break that. Which is, I mean, it, it's it, doable. Uh, it's it's crushable. I mean, Ovi is not scoring anything less than 40 this year. I promise you that. This I mean, year, maybe, but dude, I mean, declines happen fast. Three years is yeah. a long time for a for a 30. Seven year old man, yeah, 36, 37, something like that. But the thing is, is he's he, he hasn't proven me otherwise. I say it every year, I'm like, well, it's got to fall off sometime, like the health has got to come back into play. And every year, I'm like, hey, this guy still scores from everywhere, like it, it doesn't. And he's been doing it since 05, 06. He's been shooting <laughs> from the same spot, and no one can stop him. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The good thing about him scoring all these goals and him getting older, and you know, mobility is a problem. He doesn't have to move. No. Somehow he just stands in the same spot for however long he's been in the league, like 18 years now, at the top of the point, doesn't move and is still wide open and just rips the puck. Top cheese falls right in there. I saw a clip of a preseason game from, I think, Friday night where he he took three shots in a row. It was one got blocked. The second one got blocked again. The third one, he just ripped it. Like, had no time to even, like, cock back. He just, like, picked it up and ripped it. Went top shelf. Goalie had no oh. idea where it was at. And I'm like, this guy's 37 years old. And he he's still doing it. Like, it doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter. He's going to score. He's breaking the record. And I, I, yeah. I would honestly think that he he's that motivated now. He's already got his cup. Yeah, I mean, the gold medal, whatever, he's never going to be able to get that. Because the NHL is not going to play there anymore. Nope. But I'd say by the end of 2026, market right now, that that record's erased. It's gone. He'll be the I'd first. Be, he'll be the first player with 900 goals in the NHL. I'd love to see the odds on that because that that would be you know a tempting thing to throw a little cake shown. I wonder if they let you do that three-year future bets. <laughs> oh, I'm sure somebody somewhere has odds on by the end of this contract. Will Ovi, you know, pass Gretzky? I'll have a. I'll call, I'll call my bookie and I'll let you know. 
<laughs> right on. All right, so we got we got a little bit we got a little bit in depth with our Eastern pick. So I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna cut it short here. We're gonna you know leave our Eastern picks, digest those, and uh, before this week we will come back with a uh, a breakdown of the Pacific and the Central. We'll do the West, and then we'll use that to do our Blues picks, uh, our Blues prediction as well. We'll we'll talk about how we're gonna finish this up. You never know. Maybe we'll maybe this could be our first two and maybe even three episode week. I don't, I don't know. Like, cause we still got our other stuff to talk about. We want to talk about like our fun things to talk about. Not just cause like I said, like I'm, I'm a hockey guy. I love hockey, but I also like to talk about some other random shit. That's why we have that as a segment in our podcast. Um, of course. so yeah, we'll talk about how we want to do this, uh, how we want to finish it up. And then, uh, but yeah, we'll definitely have at least one more episode coming out this week. We'll we don't know exactly when we're gonna do it, but uh, we're hoping for maybe a Friday release. We're not gonna put any uh, hopes on times on any of these because these are some in depth podcasts here. Uh, and then uh, we'll see everybody for the next episode and get ready for Blues hockey on Saturday. Yeah, man, and everyone get ready for NHL hockey starts Tuesday. So by the time you hear our next episode, the regular season will be in full swing. We'll be ready Full to swing, go. Except for the blues. Yeah. Playing Saturday, man. What the fuck? It's so stupid. It's so long of a wait. But yeah, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh stay tuned again for those next predictions. And uh next time we'll talk, we'll be talking to you guys. It'll be full swing hockey season. So hopefully everyone enjoys. Subscribe to the pod. Like, subscribe, like, subscribe, leave us a comment, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.